You know yeah. that song with the phone number in it, the mm-hmm. big hit single? I put in the dial-a-song phone number, Dave. Oh. Uh, very a, a baffling cl- start. Clumsily. <laughs> yeah. I'm like clumsy weird Al. This is an episode of Don't Let's Start, a podcast about They Might Be Giants, the only show named after the song Don't Let's Start by They Might Be Giants. That we know of. And yeah. I'm Jordan Cooper, the man who doesn't put out episodes very often. And this is Dave Fox. Also the, the man. The bigger, he's a bigger man than I. I mean that spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good start and to a great episode of Good Friends. I've missed, I actually haven't seen Dave in, a, in like a month, I think. Or like what? A, no. No, like two weeks, maybe three weeks. We got dinner not long ago. Uh, and me and Dave's friendships, two weeks is a month. So that means we're, <laughs> how old are we? <laughs> How long have we been friends? It's like Marvel time. Um, over twenty years. I'd over say, twenty minutes. I'd say twenty-two years. I'll cap it at that. We're doing the hot, too hot for TV topic yeah. of Apollo so eighteen <laughs> dial of songs. I'm gonna keep talking. Apollo eighteen <laughs> dial of songs. These are this. That's a weird thing to say to someone who has no idea what what we're talking about. You ever go I, up? I don't know what we're talking. Do you about. ever grab someone on the street and go, "What do you think of Apollo eighteen dial of songs?" <laughs> and they go, "Is that the new uh, amendment, constitutional <laughs> amendment? What's going on? Is this a vote vote no on prop <laughs> thing? No, everyone. We just discussed the album good Apollo riffing. eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want on my tombstone. Good, good, <laughs> good riffing. riffing. Um, I just watched the movie Good Night and Good Luck. It should have been should have been called Good Night and Good Riffing. Let's get to track one. So they might be giants. Uh, Dig no, my grave. We're not doing that yet. They might be giants. Made an album Apollo eighteen. But when this album was about to be released, during I'd say the year ninety one, maybe early ninety two, a bunch of the songs from it appeared in. I'd say embryonic form. Is that fair to say? No. On Dial-A-Song, which was their phone service. And, and we've covered a bunch of Dial-A-Song classics, I, I call them. At least classics to hardcore TMBG fans. Yeah. On previous episodes, we did a Lincoln wrap down. We did a miscellaneous T wrap down. And we did a few grab bags, which are some of my personal favorites, where these phone quality so sometimes we talk i'll say this some some of the ones we are going to talk about are good are not phone quality because they've released them elsewhere we've talked about them in the past and now we're going to talk about apollo 18 ones there's a cool. lot of them we've got a lot to go through but before we get buckle up shitheads but before we get that's to, my new catch that's race. your tombstone yeah um <laughs> but before you just spray paint that on everyone else's tombstone it's like very disrespectful before we get to that we we can't finish Apollo 18 without talking Ever. about yeah <laughs> thanks without talking about the Apollo 18 promo oh my god fans right now are shaking in their boots yeah. do they wear boots these days these oh, kids oh you know it is that coming back um that's the thing so we I think mentioned briefly the flood promo we didn't do a yeah. full takedown of it because I think even back then I wasn't as obsessive as I am now mm. in the show but the Apollo 18 promo is is definitely a an interesting um work of <laughs> of art I'd say there's definitely work that went into it yeah it's it's ve- a new thing it's very um it's it's very unusual. I remember the first time I saw it I wasn't even yeah. sure what I was looking at actually it's a bit weird. Yeah, I remember getting so all my history with it in a is good it, way. it showed up on the the 
Video Bootleg Volume 1, which was this great fan bootleg that was made by Russ Josephson. This had all their TV appearances, or as many as, as could possibly be found, um, and it had the Apollo 18 promo. I don't mm-hmm. know how it had that. Like, where did that air? Where did they get a copy? Interesting mm. to think yeah. about that, right? It couldn't have aired on TV. No, it definitely didn't. That, that's dead air, I think. <laughs> From The pacing of it is very weird and slow and strange. I think it was sent to uh, MTV probably and other, yeah. that, but it's yeah. What are these made for? Actually, that's a good that's a good thing to wonder about. Um, I think we're owed an explanation. <laughs> so the Apollo 18 promo is it's in the style of a slideshow with you know corresponding like beeps and bloops when the, there's a new slide. And mm-hmm. in fact, the very first joke, uh, me and Dave are just gonna I think we're gonna watch some of it and talk about it. Sounds easy to me. <laughs> yeah. The very first joke I'd say is that the fact that there is a a, a pause in the very first second, <laughs> you know. Hello. We're John and John of They Might Be Giants. <laughs> the the fact that there's a beep between hello and we're John and John just because Linnell is waving his hand and the picture changes slightly is very funny to me. But we also can't uh, proceed until we talk about one of uh, uh, what I consider a gem that's not on Apollo 18, but made during that. I guess they made it at some point uh, at home or in the studio or what um, integrity project. Integrity project. Integrity project. It's a great little song. It's obviously it's a joke song. It's it's introducing the promo, but as it, as it it's been in my fandom starting at, you know, when I was like 14 or whatever, things just have a way of being validated in my mind. So mm-hmm. I'm like I love Integrity Project as a song. <laughs> just like you'll see with some of these Dial songs, I love them as as a, as a real song even though they're they're rough, you know, early versions of songs. So we can talk about just very quickly the joke behind Integrity Project because what this podcast does is explain yeah. all their yeah, jokes. Yeah, what's the joke? Yeah, let's make yeah. it, we make, I like to think we make their jokes extra funny by explaining them. Is the joke they don't have integrity? <laughs> I think the joke is that, I don't know if Flansburg is uncomfortable with a bunch of self-promotion because he's really all about <laughs> that. But I, I do think they're they're doing an, uh, a funny image of the band is like, we have to do this, but we're going to do it with with integrity. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can play Dave a little bit of concert banter. This is something they say quite often in shows when they're they're talking about selling their t-shirts, mm-hmm. which is another thing where you have to kind of, it's a little shameless to be like, buy our yeah. t-shirts. It's tough. This is from October 24, 1988. And, but they were making this, this joke way into the 90s too. But here's this version. Our set list is gone. Listen, we'd like to remind everybody that after the show, we're going to be selling all sorts of things, uh, t-shirts and our brand new record and stuff like that. Right from here from the stage, all the money goes directly to the They Might Be Giants Integrity Defense Fund. So, so don't be shy. It's going to a very worthy cause. And, and someday soon we'll have to stop the madness and just do music. Because we built this city on rock and roll. And by we, I mean me. It's a good way to do that sort of thing where you're just like, and I guess part of it is like, you know, if we can make money doing what what we're doing, that gives us integrity yeah. as opposed to like 
having to work a day job, etc. But it's but on top of all that, it's a fun, catchy, great little song, and I, yeah. I, I love it. It's a great intro. I like the breakdown or whatever you call that. Yeah, and it's funny because in the the promo, by the way, everyone, type into YouTube. They might be giants. Apollo 18 promo. Hit play now. Okay. And so, yeah, during that little breakdown in the song, it like closes up on Flansburg's part. Of the, and he's kind of got a very, I'd say, low key kind of expression. And it's it's all, Dave, it's all rye. It's all dry. It's all... It's all super fly. <laughs> let's Perfect talk, landing. Let's talk about some things in this promo. Uh, let's just watch a little more of it. But we have prepared these slides especially for you to help explain Apollo 18, that difficult fourth album splashing down in 1992. They say splashing down, which is probably a reference to the Apollo flights when they, a lot of them... They, they land in the water, right? I guess it's better than landing on the ground. Yeah, I guess, though. I've heard if you know, from far enough, the water is basically like land. If you, if you fall from far enough, it's like hitting the ground, right? Unless you're a diver and you know what you're doing. Listen, do Dave, I look like you... an astronaut to you? Do <laughs> I look you like a, a diver? <laughs> are you a diver? Are you an astronaut? Thanks for joining us on Is Dave a Diver or an Astronaut? You take this quiz to find out. If you are a diver, though. You should write in and tell us how wrong we are. Yeah, if you're an astronaut especially, I want to know. If you're an astronaut, you probably have better things to do. Apollo 18 doesn't just deal with space themes, however. The songs have a wide range of subject matter, including... Nature. So I, I want to briefly just touch on the, this animation that they do for nature. So this is Jay Otto Siebold, mm-hmm. uh, who, is, who made this entire thing. And I've actually got a little uh, quote from Flansburg about this. Uh, not, uh, not a clip, but a clip of me reading it right now. What? Um, so someone on the, the Tumblr a long time ago asked, asked Flansburg about this. And he says, all the visuals are straight from the genius brain of J. Otto Siebold. John Linnell and I hashed out the script, which is interesting. Hmm. The announcer was a friend of a friend who worked overnights at WCBS AM News. My only memory was that it seemed kind of slow, but looking at it now, it seems very confident. Wow, Dave, there's a lot of information here. Flansburg and Linnell wrote the script together. I didn't know that. I thought maybe someone at Electra wrote it, you know, like who the hell knows? Like someone who's like really in tune to what they do and has their humor. Maybe they gave notes. Like, so it's interesting that they wrote it. J. Otto Siebel did an unbelievable job um, he, doing all different kinds of, uh, all different mediums of animation. There's yes. like, it looks like weird digital stuff. There's 2D, there's... There's stop motion, yeah, stop motion, clay. I love when stop motion really looks like clay. You know, yeah. like it, I love when it looks really homemade, and that's yeah. kind of what this looks like. And I mean that as a compliment. For nature, it plays a clip of mammal, and it's got a, this adorable animation yeah. of a little it's dog. A, it's a blue dog, <laughs> a blue dog, or a, a kangaroo, little kangaroo, or a bear. Some kind of mammal. Tilting. Maybe that was the point. Yeah, exactly. Generic mammal tilting its head at them, and it's it, very cute. It goes with the music. I mean, I would watch a whole two-minute uh, mammal video that looks like this because yeah, why not? And you've got like they might be giants playing instruments in the background with little. Yes. Cut out heads and stuff, which they've done, and I feel like they did that in um, the Istanbul video a little bit. It had their cutout heads, yeah. which J. Otto Siebel did. 
Maybe he just recycled the, the heads. Maybe he needed new ones. Maybe he's got a whole drawer at home full of John and John heads, kind of like I do. Uh-huh. Anyway. Human relations. My evil twin. I'd love a shirt of those guys. Did they ever yeah. make a shirt of that? Yeah, so we're... I need a shirt of that. We're referring to the My Evil Twin heads that pop up in this in this promo, which it's great. That would be a great shirt. Yeah. A lot of these images would be... The lion with the phone would be a great shirt, too. I guess it wouldn't be legal to do it yourself, but maybe we should. I don't maybe even know why you'd bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I heard from a guy that uh, yeah. someone could do Ooh. that for you, Dave. You just meet him uh, under the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> Anyway, let's continue watching this. I'm having fun just watching TV with Dave. I mean, yeah. that's what our Can you imagine we do this for a living? <laughs> what? We don't? <laughs> and an old they might be giants favorite death. Turn around. Yeah, this skull guy is great too. Yeah, the skull guy and uh turn around that they cut to is <laughs> really great cuz Jay Auto's style is very interesting to me, you know. It, it's it's got a, a a creepiness to it and a cuteness. It's yeah, a creepy cute. Exactly. Oh yeah, we've I know gotta, you want to talk yeah, about that. We've got to talk about. As um, soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, Jordan is yeah. going to want to mention that." So in the section where they discuss all the songs, where they play clips of all the songs about death, which I don't, by the way, I don't even think they cover all of them on the album. For "Dig My Grave," there's the a word bubble, I believe, of "Dig My Grave" is coming out of a grave of W. Axel Rose. Dave, do you know what the W stands for? In Axel Rose's name? Yeah, I, I actually I, I did it look it up. Uh, yeah. When I saw this, but I didn't. Looks like we had the same Friday night. Oh yeah, <laughs> William William Axel Rose. Uh, why, why they got to be so hard on Axel Rose? I know it's funny. It's and there, there's a photo. Uh, there's a, a, a camera pa- taking a paparazzi. I believe it's a paparazzi, and it might be a joke about we talked about. Yeah, like, he punched in the last someone one, out. He punched someone. So that could be that might be. A, I'm on Axel's side. Yeah, punch all of them out. <laughs> What did they ever do? That was so great. You know what's really in right now? He sung November Rain. What did they do? (laughs) Yeah. Advocating violence uh, publicly is very in very in right now. People love that. That's only if you're someone that people care about what you say. (laughs) Or listen to. That's true. Yeah. That we're I think we've got we've got a free pass to say anything we want. Yeah. Disclaimer, do not have violence in public. (laughs) (laughs) Do not have. (laughs) Do not have it. Like having brunch or something. Um, anyway, you know, I, I also love when things thematically tie together because we've got Welcome to the Jungle as a B-side and then we've got the Axl Rose reference in the promo. That gives a little link, a little thread. You got a little a spider, does. no reference intended uh, web here of, of references and things. They're still too mean to him. Someday mother will die yeah, the the eye palindrome eye animation is very. I, you know, I I actually the other day was pausing it and be like, what am I looking at? Because it looks yeah. like almost looks like he's on top of a cake. Yeah, and the and those mom gumdrops. Yeah, and there's gumdrops, and the mom is surrounded by flames. Yeah, you know, little candles, but I think it's meant to evoke like a f- inferno. Hell. Yeah, and then there's like these kind of weird uh, floating uh, atoms, molecules. Yeah. Molecules. <laughs> It's really fantastic. And didn't we read he was going to do the original music video for I Pound Your right. I think we read that, if my memory is correct. This is an image you couldn't describe someone to do <laughs> yeah. if you were hiring them to make this video. Yeah, it's interesting to wonder if their script had visual cues in yeah. it. Or if they just said, we trust you, Jay, do what yeah. you got to do. This is like something that could only come from that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's Which fantastic. is why I like it. It's very unique. 
I like this one too. Yeah, we can talk about the uh, I'm having a heart attack image is great. I like how happy his heart is dying. Yeah, and the guy's got a blank expression. And yeah, it's really, he's a little bummed out. It's a nice way to, to take in this just depressing little uh, song. I, it'd be great cool if he sticker. did all the uh, fingertips. I'm surprised more of the fingertips don't show up. No one knows what music will sound like in the future. They might be giants, can only give us a glimpse. But if Apollo 18 is any indication, music will be better than ever. Boy, were they wrong. I like the line, no one knows what music can sound like in the future. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes this, It all, it's funny because when I was younger, and didn't, didn't, I didn't quite understand that everything was supposed to be funny in this. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, are they really like serious about like, you know, trying to figure out what, is that what Apollo 18 is about? Is like, what will music sound like in the uh -huh. future? <laughs> like I took that way too seriously, I remember. But I, when I watched it now, I hadn't watched this in many years. And watching it now was a very different experience. I don't think I ever saw this. I don't think I saw this when I was a lad. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I... You, you don't remember me ever, like, sitting you down and showing you so. the VHS? I remember you sitting me down a lot, but yeah. not for this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, we got to talk. Well, I'm always telling Dave shocking news where he has to yeah, sit, sit down. down. <laughs> I'm always... That's how I start every... Rips his face You might want to sit down for I'm this, not Dave. who you think I am. Yeah. I'm a lizard man. When Electra Entertainment first came to us with our ideas for Apollo 18, we realized the project would provide the music industry with a remarkable sales opportunity. Just to pause it there for a moment, though, there is a lot of funny, um, it's kind of like what we talked about with Haya. Like, there's this weird record company antagonism from yeah, them. A little inside baseball. Yeah, it's like a little subtle sometimes, but when they say when Electra came to us with our ideas, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that seems, to me seems like a Flansburg joke for some yeah. reason. Our focus groups have discovered a demographic study which reveals a large hole in the world's cultural donut. Where do you think that donut is now, Dave? Well, that donut in particular, I actually know where it is. Because where? it went on to Smith create a claim. Smithsonian? Yeah. But how? The answer, as my knowing chuckle has probably already told you, lies once again with us. That's my favorite part. <laughs> I, I thought Dave was going to like that part, too. It's very... Like, I still don't know what's funny to, to the little weird face talking, but it's it's just, it's great acting from this uh, friend of theirs, friend of a friend or whatever of theirs. Uh, unfounded confidence, I find very funny. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, you stupid idiot, you mm -hmm. know, like that kind of a yeah. attitude, because that's what I have. <laughs> yeah. So th this next section is like, uh, to me, this is like crucially a big deal for They Might Be Giants mythology as a band, like mm. almost like with the William Allen Whiteface, right, kind of thing. The And we are going to learn about the power spheres. All the songs on Apollo 18 are built around what we and They Might Be Giants call power spheres. Each one of these spheres, fidelity, melody, quantity, contains an element essential to the creation of popular music. Keep that in. My, my mom just texted me saying, we're trying a new Chinese restaurant. We'll tell you how it is. Wow. <laughs> so that's, that's, how, that's what things are like Jeez. <laughs> my, my parents. No, that's cute. I like that. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about the power spheres. Let's listen to what they say. You sicken me. On the, <laughs> on the promo. Look, some people have uh, I palindromic-esque situations with their moms, and that's that. That's my I palindromic. I could write a song about that. Mm. 
Now, many other musical groups have attempted to experiment with power spheres, but they've always failed to harness the energy, failed to find the proper blend. They were lost, hopelessly lost. So that part's like genuine, right? Like, I don't think they're yeah. joking when they're saying that. Yeah, so this is what's funny. So I think part of the joke is that they're saying we've nailed this formula to make great music yeah, and other what they do <laughs> saying other bands have tried and failed to to nail this formula of how to make a great song now obviously there's comedic bravado right um would you call me in, in saying that but i also think there, there's an element of truth that i, I think they're very i think that but you know we we're at the fourth album now and it's long established what they do which is a lot of songs on on each album and that's quantity they're really melodic that's melody that's two and they they sound great that's fidelity yeah. right <laughs> uh yeah yeah sound quality which i think they well, obsess over yeah i, I bet flansburg is, is definitely into value. that too the sound quality yeah. there was a recent interview where linnell was saying he loves the sound that his lap of playing music on his laptop because it's so like Hmm. His, he says he says for some reason he loves his laptop speakers because they're so yeah. um everything's so cut out like the bass and <laughs> yeah, stuff and Flansburg was like you know <laughs> not like that at all he loves he loves like the widening frequencies of of modern Warmth. music yeah i think there's a, a some truth to this and also i can play dave uh some of this clip from a live thing where they kind of talk, they this is from April 24th, 1992 in Germany. I wonder if they understood what the hell he was saying, but here's Flansburg uh, kind of evoking this promo a bit. Because they might be giants means rock music. That's our new slogan. Actually, we paid a guy a lot of money to come up with that slogan. It was computer generated. People don't know what the words... Fidelity uh, means more value. Uh, melody means um, better music. And, uh, quantity means uh, more stuff. So yeah, I believe I think they had it. Um, they had it either you know on their T-shirts or I, they might have put it in the background of of the stage or something because Flansburg is referring to these words that everyone's yeah. looking at. It might have been like a, a set scenery backdrop, which is great. So, but let's listen to what happens when a band fails mm -hmm. to do these power spheres. And I'm not going to play Guns N' Roses, Dave. I'm going to play. Thank you. I'm going to play. Because they don't fail at it. Tonight is the night time. Tonight is the night time. Tonight is the night time. The No, so the joke, uh, again, to explain jokes, we should start a comedy podcast where we just explain comedians' jokes and stuff. Jokes, colon, explained. So what you're hearing now, I mean, obviously you're hearing Flansburg, but the, the idea is that this is a band that did the wrong power sphere. Yeah. So they had melody, fidelity, and quantity, but they ruined it with a fourth sphere called wind chime, which is mm -hmm. that synth sound you're hearing. It's a fake wind chime. Oh, I guess that's why I didn't get it. It yeah. didn't sound like a wind chime to me. <laughs> and it's, so something I never noticed, I mean, this is going to be a big duh moment for a lot of our, our listeners, but um, it's the same as Integrity Project, <laughs> which I didn't notice. Well, that I noticed. I know, but when I was younger, I didn't notice that. Um, so it's the same melody, 
But yeah, it shows you how things can go disastrously wrong if mm-hmm. you do the wrong power spheres, Dave. I like to, you know, the yeah. power spheres thing is an inspirational thing. You walk around out there, you try to live your best life, mm-hmm. and you you got to keep the power spheres in mind. You know what I mean? The trifecta. I mean, that's why the number three is so important in Christianity. That's true. I think that's what it's all about. Hmm. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Puzzling. (laughs) Puzzling statement from me. (laughs) You can't create a masterpiece dabbling in finger paints. Again and again, it's been shown that only one blend of the essential elements ever works. The simple combination used in the creation of our new album, Apollo 18. You can't create a masterpiece dabbling in finger paints. That's another great like <laughs> philosophy for if you're an artist, right? You gotta. Yeah. It's about dedication and focus. Something I actually we're gonna talk about. There's also later the saying: it's a poor songs. craftsman that blames their tools. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's right. That's the opposite. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll leave it up to you to decide <laughs> which one you want to live by. They Might Be Giants has done everything within the limits of what is possible to create a product which surpasses all previous standards of enjoyability. Oh, my God. Dave <laughs> pointed out, yeah, uh, the part what says um, all previous standards of enjoyability, which, by the way, is also funny, something I, I didn't never thought about that line. Uh, the whale's eye kind of, you know, gets a little reflection or a shine, a little star, almost like an anime <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's really funny. I never noticed that. Thank you, Dave. And thank you to the YouTube uh, person because that's good quality. You can mm-hmm. actually see it. Very important. That's the Apollo 18 promo. Uh, a, a fantastic, uh, what, ephemera? What, what would you call it, Dave? It's a, it's a, a, a promo. An artifact. A promo. <laughs> Dave's like a very, see, I always overthink everything and Dave <laughs> underthinks. That's true. Um, Dave's like a wrestler, the underthinker. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> kind of uh, hurtful. Let's move on to the first Dial-A-Song, and this is... You're the underthinker. <laughs> this is going to be quite a discussion at right at the top, because this is fucking crazy, everyone. I'm just going to curse up a storm, because this is too f- crazy to think about. Flansburg's I Palindrome I. Mm-hmm. I Palindrome I Born on the 5th of July One door shut Another one closes, I, palindrome, I. She, king of Brooklyn, she, master of all she surveys, lives a life unencumbered by me. She, king of Brooklyn, she. Dave, I'm dying to know your thoughts about John Flansburg's I, palindrome, I. Just some context, as we've discussed in our last episodes. Flansburg, as Joshua Freed told us, please... Listen to the Joshua Freed interview. He said, please leave. (laughs) (laughs) He said, please leave my apartment. Joshua Freed told us the story, and I've already put that clip in before, like an extra time, so I'm not going to do it another time. But in our our, uh, iPalindromai discussion, we we play the clip of Joshua Freed talking about how Flansburg thought of that the phrase phrase. iPalindromai was like a weird, funny, drunken thing that someone would think of, almost like a parody of a They Might Be Giants idea, Mm -hmm. because there's something kind of weird and silly about... A palindrome that's like that kind of that lazy, I think, is the joke. And I think that ties into what the song is kind of about, too. But this is we are Dave. We are blessed. We are blessed (laughs) to live in America. We are blessed to hear Flansburg's version of I Palindrome. I I think there's a lot of versions of songs we never get to hear. But this is a a rare treat. I'd say we're almost um, 
we've got an embarrassment of riches with Flansburg's I Pounder My, as we'll discover. Oh, yeah. But Dave, what do you think of I Pounder My version zero, I'd say, 0.0? It has nothing in common <laughs> no. with the song it came to be, except mm-hmm. for the title. That's I mean, right. it's, a, it's a completely different song. It's a, this is going to be a There's song. There's also not really any palindromes in it. No, I, I, Basically. I've scoured the lyrics and tried yeah. to figure out if there were. I think, uh, I don't know if that was what was on his mind. Uh, yeah. well, or I don't know if that was the goal, right? And I don't know if this was just a song that he couldn't get off the ground. Because as you'll see, we have many different versions of it. Yeah, I know. And maybe he just said, you know what? You take it, Linnell. Um, yeah, this episode was delayed because of the other version of it that's f- 48 minutes long (laughs) that took me a while to dissect yeah yeah i think it was just something he was really trying to crack yeah you think he handed it to linnell or did linnell just go like oh i did that you think they parallel worked on the song and linnell it was linnell one flansburg zero what do you think of it as a song like are you able to see it as its own song if you forget about linnell's i'd call it a masterpiece i think so it's very hard not to think of Mm -hmm. what it came to be but I do like the uh, the lyrics when I was a young man. Not that I'm driving a rocking chair now, all that. It's yeah. a very different vibe. Very different vibe. Much um, more casual. <laughs> cash. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the lyrics. You want to know my major theory for this right away, basically? Boy, do I. To me, these lyrics, and again, so this is... We, we can't emphasize enough. This is a song that was ultimately, you know, thrown out. So so it yeah. might have been, it's rough around the edges. And it's hard to say if some of these old dial songs that got, that never went anywhere, if they reached their full potential. Like, let's right. say he did work on this. He might have changed lyrics, sure. added more. this could have been something else. Exactly. But from what I can see in the lyrics that's there, this to me is a cross between unsupervised, I hit my head, mm-hmm. and she's actual size. I think I would agree with that. Yeah, this to me is like those two songs germinating in in his brain and kind of melding into a a weird annihilation. Did you see that movie? (laughs) Um, Weird, I'll just say Frankenstein. You know what that means. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Dave's wearing a Frankenstein shirt. I shouldn't have even... (laughs) Um, A weird like mutation of... And Frankenstein pants. Yeah. (laughs) Shoes. Um, and you've got the, yeah, the giant yeah. shoes. Yeah, he's clomping. Bolts. My neighbors always complain when Dave comes over. Yeah, it's a weird mutation of these different ideas. And there's other mm-hmm. ideas too. That's It's not just those two. There's definitely the the grain of being uh, overwhelmed by a female in your life. Yes, yeah, so she, king of Brooklyn, she, yeah. which is a, again, like a weird, uh, lazy palindrome attempt that's not quite a, a palindrome. <laughs> yeah. And I also think the way Flansburg sings it, it, it furthers that kind of a weird, drunken, lazy... I don't know if that's on purpose, because it might mm-hmm. just be because it's a demo. But it, it kind of has that feel of he's, like, yeah. hanging out, he's lying down or something. But so she... So this, to me, evokes she's actual size, which is yeah. she, king of Brooklyn, she, master of all she surveys. Also calling her the king, not the queen. Give her a masculine agency. Yeah, and he does that in, in a few songs, you yeah. know, where he mi- mixes that stuff around. Um, all that stuff. All that stuff. So the other thing is, you know, master of all she surveys. Like yeah. we talked about, I, I don't know why I'm bringing this song up so much. So in, oh, yeah. <laughs> so in Haya, he sings, uh, you'll be right here, top of the heap, kings of all we survey, right? And in the I Pound my lyrics, he says... She, king of Brooklyn, she, master of all she surveys. And we kind of established like the Haya was referencing New York, New York, which says like top of the heap. And yeah. there's a lot of ideas going on here. And it's, it's, it's I mean, I still think this is as like um, interesting a lyric as Flansburg's 
usually does. I mean, he's he doesn't. I mean, even his rough sketches to me are are very like has a lot to think about. Yeah, sure. Um, something that that comes to mind with Born on the Fifth of July. I mean, all that evokes to me is that like it's like he just missed the party. Like, because unsupervised, I hit my head is kind of about your your. When we'll talk about that in a bigger discussion one day. But um, unsupervised, I hit my head is about kind of like your your youth is is gone and fleeting and like it's all a blur that's like i think that's what hitting your head evokes you grew up too fast and it's almost like a visual pun like mm-hmm. you hit your head on the ceiling or the, or whatever right because like you yeah. grow grew up so fast that that's what happened it's almost like i mean not literally but you know what i mean people you get they might be giants lyrics <laughs> right but so this song saying born on the fifth of july is almost being like it's almost like Sopranos is about, you know, Sopranos is about like they say in like the pilot, I think. It's mm. like, oh, like we got in at the end of things. Like we missed the glory days. A day late and a dollar short. Yeah. So I think that's what this song is partly about uh, or is at least, you know, like kind of going to be about if it ever was a finished song. Sure. And the line right after that, uh, I think validates that yeah, too. One, one door, door shut, shut, another one closes. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I miss the party, a door is shutting in my face, and then I turn around, and the other door shuts. It's kind of also a little claustrophobic idea there. And then, but then he's also into this this woman who is like this towering figure that I think led to the yeah. she's actual size lyrics. You know, and maybe this woman is the key to more opportunities and a different life of positivity. Exactly. Here, let, let's keep listening. But he can't quite <laughs> grasp it. Yeah. When I was a young man Not like I'm driving a rocking chair now But man, when I was a young man I was free So I I love the the I don't know what the chorus the bridge whatever you call it the when I was a young man I love the music it's yeah, got I said a, that yeah I know uh, you you prematurely said it it kind of rhymes with like cloisonne or whatever that kind of mm-hmm. little funny jazzy style right. that Flansburg does sometimes the lyrics sure thing boss <laughs> <laughs> and it, and and it's similar to the I hit my head idea which is that he's he's not old but he's not young and it's this awkward thing yeah. that i think of, of us and a lot of people relate to no we're just like, old <laughs> well you know it's like i'm still am i still young i guess not but i'm also not i'm not in that You're not driving a rocking chair exactly yeah. I, I love it and i love the like i said it, it almost sounds like he's so like, what good are you <laughs> almost sounds like he's in a rocking chair singing yeah. this like it's got this kind of vibe to it of Especially that part of the song. It's like, man, man, dun, dun, dun. yeah, it's like a casual kind of vibe of like hanging out with your, you know, with your guitar. Yeah. <laughs> like strumming. Your best friend. Yeah. And then there's, we've got a, a weird drum solo that goes on <laughs> and on for a while, but it's like a really cool a idea. Long solo. The thing is, this this has tons of great ideas. Yeah. Like, I love the arrangement of it. And, and, and it's like, to me, this, I mean, I know it's not a finished song, but it, it almost seems like a mm-hmm. finished song this version of it. And those synth lines too are pretty good. Yeah. Um, one of my only notes about this version I guess is that like, would be a, that would turn into a Barry sax. Yeah. I could see that happening. Recorded version. This would be a great, I could see like Linnell playing sax and them playing, doing this live in that way. Uh, like liced a little bottle or something right. or, and you know, I, I, one of my notes that I wrote to myself is like, it's kind of a shame to throw this away. Cause it's a solid, interesting idea, right? They just have to change the title. Or they could be like Metallica, do uh, I Palindrome I Part 2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Part 3. 
palindrome I Something just fell on my head Born on the 5th of July I palindrome I I palindrome I I palindrome I Something just fell on my head I think that really happened yeah. while he was recording. <laughs> so yeah, I like how the song kind of peters out, and though that's nothing compared to the next thing we're going to talk about. But the song, the song kind of peters out, and he's like saying something just fell on my head, and it's it evokes you know how your <laughs> your thought process might be if something just fell on your head, you'd be kind of repeating yourself uh-huh. or kind of out of it, you know, a little disoriented. I really like this song. I'm curious what uh, other fans think of this version of the song. It's funny because we talk about this a lot, how like not every song on an album could be the big hit. And it's mm. like, so it's obviously not Linnell's I Palindromai. It's obviously not at that, you know, level, but it's also good. It's also yeah. a good song. Like there's ain't nothing wrong with this song. You know what no, I mean? No, sir. So it's like, what do you do with that? It's kind of weird. It's a shame when those Put kinds of track songs. Track five. Yeah, track five. It it, it would have been, I think it would have been brilliant to have I Palindrome be track one and then this version end the album and then oh. it's like a palindrome, right? Very brilliant. Why didn't they think of that? I don't know, man. Man, they really fucked up. So now let's move on to... I Palindrome I by John Flansburg, but this is something a little shocking, Dave. I, I was, I almost wish I could have seen your reaction as I sent this to I you. I was and, like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you were like, what? <laughs> this is like an eight minute version. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. What are we going to do? Uh, this is a, this is something we actually have a, a wacky idea for this that Dave's not going to like, but um, this is an eight minute version of I Palindrome I and it's it's almost unfair to say it's even a version. What I think we're getting here is a strange, like an inside look at his process. In well, right- that's what I was going to say. Like, how did this end up? How did this end up on Dial a Song? Yeah, that's that's actually my major question. Uh, like, we look at my notes. Was this put on oh, Dial a <laughs> The first thing I wrote for this is, was this put on Dial a Song accidentally? Uh, it, it must be because I was going to ask you how this mm-hmm. how you even got this. Yeah, I almost feel weird playing it and talking about it because I I don't. It seems like it's an accident, but it was on there, and there are different fan recordings of it. So I think it was on there for a, a time, enough time for multiple people to record it. Because I've got like four versions of it, you mm-hmm. know. So maybe, let, he, maybe he's just like, yeah, hey, fuck it. <laughs> so let's let's just go through it a little bit, bit by bit. I don't want to spend too much time I on can't. this. I'll leave. But uh, this is something. I think this is also a rare treat in seeing his songwriting process. Ah, palindrome, I. Born on the 5th of July One door shuts, another door closes Ah, palindrome, I She, king of Brooklyn, she Master of all she surveys Lives a life unencumbered by me She, king of Brooklyn, she a man, when I was a young man, not like I'm driving a till now, but 
Let's just quickly talk about the the first section. So this is like in different sections. It's like it's an odyssey. It's like an opera of weird, you know, unprepared (laughs) Flansburg kind of feeling his way through the song. The first part I actually think is is legit interesting as another way to do it, which is it's a slower tempo, Mm -hmm. maybe a different time signature even, you know. Um, Different register. Yeah, it's like it's just kind of a different vibe. His voice is lower. Is it? Who can go lower? You probably can. Whoa, Dave went way <laughs> lower than me. That's embarrassing. Um, who can go higher, though? <laughs> I can't even do it because my throat. <laughs> I am the yodeling champ uh, of uh, 1997. Best, yeah, <laughs> best episode. So yeah, we'll cut that out. So I, I like the um, I, I do like the different vibe this has. But then, Dave, things get off the rails, dark. <laughs> things get just dark and disturbing. And I, I wanted to also provide some context for like what, what's happening here. First, for our non-songwriters in the audience, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on. But let's listen to a little bit later in the track. Okay, so then in our our next section, we've got him a cappella, kind of just feeling out the song even scatting. more. Oh, he's he's scatting. He's going do 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 do. Sounds like Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that too. Of, yeah. Doop a doop. Yeah, well, so th- here, okay. There's a few things I want to play here in context with this. This this is. This is this clip I'm going to play Flansburg talking about his like dial song process. It's almost like an apology for me um, that we're doing this. So in the risk of like invalidating this entire concept of this of the episodes where we discuss their dial songs, mm-hmm. here's Flansburg's thoughts on the matter. Invalidating? That sounds like a bad thing. You know, I think the thing about dial song really it was an ephemeral thing. Like it just it, it had existed to be there. while it existed. Yeah, you had to, it was it was really the truth of it. It's like. The best part of dial song is that it happened, not that it like not that it was listened to forever. A lot of the stuff was like extremely sketch based. You know, it's like it's like the, it is for a lot of different people, a lot of different performers and and writers. It's like there's something very liberating about doing something that you, you know isn't going to be closely tracked, and that was one of those things. Like a lot of it just went into the air. I mean, sometimes when I see, like, when I see p- discussions of thing of songs that we did for Dial a Song, like, I realize that they were just things that we slapped together, like, for that week, and that was, you know, or for that day, and it just never went any further than that. Dave, there's there's Flansburg mm. calling us uh, <laughs> bastards for yeah. what we're doing. Um, I totally get his his point of view. It's I, weird. There there is yeah. No, I do too, but I think he's underestimating how interesting this I stuff know. is for music fans. That's what I've always think too. There's there's kind of a um a dissonance there with how Flansburg thinks of their demos and dial of songs and how the fans do. And this comes yeah. up a lot with some fans I talk to, you know, online and stuff. 
because like take I, I Palindrome my yeah. you know his version I love it as a song I think it's fun mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to me it's not something that should just be thrown sure. away and never heard again only to be heard by a handful of right. people back in 91 I think it's worth listening to and and a lot of the dial songs some of them are legitimately fantastic as we've right. discussed like exploding invitations a great one and a few others tumbleweed tumbleweed is great I actually was like we should talk about that soon um and no answer yeah I know right best song ever written so some are the some of these songs are fantastic and and while it's true Flansburg says they're like sketches yeah. and this is definitely this is even a sketch this is like a right this is like a, a doodle I don't know it's weird I, I almost feel bad p- putting the spotlight on them mm-hmm. if, because of what he says in that clip right. so well I let's just, delete this I just yeah I just want to know I do have conflicted feelings but I, I I only do this out of admiration for their process sure and respect because me and Dave are songwriters and and I, I've said this before, but I, I don't know if I have the discipline to rewrite a song a million times until yeah. it's perfect. I, I tend to just be like, yeah, that, that's the song. If it's not good, I'll I'll start a new one. But I'm, I, I'm not the kind, only a couple songs I've written where I actually rewrite things yeah. in it. I got a lot to rewrite for this new one. Yeah. I'm really trying to push myself. No, it's and, good. Uh, it's hard. Yeah. I'm actually, this is, I'm going to talk about this topic a little bit later too for a different song. Check. So then Flansburg grabs a guitar and he's trying out chords and he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's closer to the mic, Dave. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I'm relaxing. Dave was like out in a different room. Um, this is my vacation too. So he's, he's grabbing the mic. He's trying things. He's slurring the lyrics yeah. and, and stuff. And look, because I said, I feel bad for playing this cause it almost feels a little naked. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know this is going to seem a narcissistic thing and I'll admit to it, but fine. Dave, I've got like 500 or so mm-hmm. uh, MP3s of my songwriting cassettes where yeah. I'm fumbling through a song and trying to figure it out. And I figure if if this is embarrassing for Flansburg, I should be equally embarrassed. And Dave, I'm going to play you just a couple little embarrassing things that no one's ever heard, including uh, me for most for many years. Yeah, but you don't get embarrassed by stuff. I don't. I'm, I'm my own biggest fan. But there's some weird, weird things here. So, but to me, this is my point, though. I know it seems like I'm, I'm uh, this is an about me segment. Remember those? But um, No, I just want it to be like, this is what it's like to write a song, mm-hmm. is that you have a tape recorder next to your bed, or you've got a little microphone attached to something, and you try shit out, and you, you slur, and you stumble, and often... Um, they come in like a dream or when I'm half asleep. And I, I think that's like a very common thing too, because your brain is kind of on vacation a little when mm-hmm. you're, and you, you let ideas come in first. I'm going to play this one thing where you can see I have the acapella idea and then I grab a guitar and put music to it. It's sort of like Flansburg just did in this thing where he's acapella. And then he's like, what chords go over this? Mm-hmm. So here's like a, a, something that never became a song. This is from 
December 30th, 2006. That was a good, good time. Two, three. This guy is sick. He needs some help. Nobody gives a shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's like, that's a very typical uh, thing that you'll find on my computer, which is I have like, I have hundreds of these things where I woke up or I'm like walking around and I thought of an idea and if something pops in my head and it usually pops in fully formed in that way, I don't mean fully, fully, but you know, a phrase, a melody. A, yeah. I mean, I got a bunch of stuff like that on my phone. I would love to hear little them, phrases. Well, that's a difference between uh, you and me. <laughs> I know I'm like an open book. So then uh, the next day or I could late, find one right now off the cuff. That'd be fun. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. So then it turned into... The, here's similar where... Flan, there's a part in this Flansburg I found where he's trying different chords over yeah. the same line. This is a similar idea. Here, here is me trying to put it to music. Changing the key to A minor, A minor, and F. This guy is sick. He needs some help. Nobody gives a shit. This guy is crazy. He's he needs some pants. Somebody help him. He's got he needs some pants. He's making everyone sick. Sick. That guy in the crowd is really loud. He's driving everyone sick. I don't know something about some song about crazy guy. <laughs> Now, you said this is something to be embarrassed about. <laughs> I mean, this is better than anything you've done. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I mean, not to stroke my ego, I, there's a lot of good song ideas in this folder I have of all these old, there's some where I'm like, fuck, I never, that's, because some of these are from like my prime of when I was writing, in my opinion, some of my best songs, and these just never turn into anything. That's a real New York City song. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, that definitely was like a subway inspired uh, song. If I had a dial song service of my own, mm. I don't know if I'd put them on there. Yeah. I don't know why Flansburg, how it, how this song ended up. Yeah, it's still confusing. Yeah, it's very strange. Dave, in the interest of uh, solidarity, do you want to? You're a you're you've been writing a lot of songs recently, actually, because you've been preparing for a new yeah. album that you're making. This is something that probably won't go anywhere, but this was on my phone, a like sketch. you said, in the interest of solidarity. Yeah, so yeah. Let's hear this thing. Obviously, you have to be very quiet. This was probably like some late hour. I guess he doesn't know. And he doesn't care. Probably get better lyrics than that, but... I can see this being like a Smashing Pumpkin song or something. It has like this 90s feel that I <laughs> yeah. really like, actually. It's I'm, got a grunge feel that I like. This is like a Nirvana song. Yeah, a little bit. I'm clearly trying to find something. I'd say this is better than a Nirvana song. And then I was murdered. That was great, Dave. Well, I, I, thought, I actually think there's a lot of potential there. Well, there's like uh, 50 more of those. Yeah, I <laughs> have. not all great. Here, I, because I, I'm just dying to, I had a, I, there was like one or two very weird little ideas that I, I think. One more. Think, okay, here's one, a weird one that I'm almost positive came to me in a dream. Here you go. Here we go. Here we go. Eric lied to all of us, and that's why we've got to stay here. That's why we've got to pay a hundred dollars each. Eric lied to all of us, and that's why we've got to stay here. That's why we've got to pay 
Deer. You got to say deer. So that's like a weird short story that has... I have no idea who Eric is, why we have to pay $100 because he lied to us. I'm actually like... that's That opens up a world of possibilities in my eyes. If you use that, you have to say, stay here, pay deer. Yeah, exactly. And give me credit. I will. Um, so that's, that's one of my favorites because it's like so mysterious to me because I have no memory... Like Flansburg, you know, sometimes I've read interviews with them where they're like, we don't remember, we don't know. Yeah. There was one where they're like, what's the... You don't know and you don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there's um, there's one where someone asked Linnell, Copyright like, what's Don't Let's Start About, and he's, he's or Cowtown, I think mm-hmm. it might have been, and he's like, I don't remember. Yeah. And it's like, I don't remember doing that Eric lied to all of us. <laughs> Yeah. There's one Eric I knew in junior high who was a told he had a very bizarre interaction with me. That's too long a story to get into now. Well, maybe if enough people demand it. But um, yeah, that that's that's kind of what I think Flansburg. Was. Did you say if enough people demand it? <laughs> I did. Yeah, <laughs> um, almost went by me. My my little Jordlings yeah. out there, <laughs> Jordan heads. <laughs> anyway, so then the the only last part of this Flansburg thing that I think is curious. I just want to hear the last part because. It's it, it, it once again changes. She king of Brooklyn, she master of all she surveys. Lives in life unencumbered by me. She king of Brooklyn, she. There he says fourth. So that was interesting because he's singing over the demo, mm-hmm. like he's like he's singing over like the track he made yeah. in that one, and it almost sounds like the other version. But he's he's again he's like changing the lyrics uh, off the bat and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. Very very interesting. Yeah, we could spend a lot more time on this, but I don't think we need to. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. Extremely, I actually, I actually think it's like a privilege to get this insight into his songwriting. You know, you you can imagine a lot of songs were made in this way, where you're fumbling around yeah. all afternoon Very on something. Interesting. It's kind of what you usually don't get to see at all, unless there's like it's like a Beatles anthology kind of. Right. I honestly, I mean, part of the reason for this podcast existing Metallica. Is, is, is Metallica is that I love... I have to get them in every episode. I love talking about songwriting and I could, I would love to do a podcast just about songwriting without the... So, so Jordan, how does a song come about? <laughs> yeah, Dave would be the host and he'd be an annoying... So Jordan... Dave would be a character for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Wendell T. Yeah. Um, Wendell T. Wartle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it would. It's just something that I find interesting, and that's this Flansburg Eye Palindrome Eye thing is like the maybe the most purest form of of learning about how someone writes a song. But the next thing we're going to talk about is kind of goes in this direction too, Dave. We're going to talk about the very first demo that was released mm-hmm. of She's Actual Size, and as you'll discover, it's a freaking different song. It's a fucking free for all. Thank you. 
That's a crazy horn arrangement. That horn section sounds like Chicago. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's um, it's funny because it does lean in the direction that he 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 must have he had an idea that this would be a big horn song, which it ended up being. But it's a totally different song. Um, it's really interesting. It's like another hotel detective or something. A very exuberant yelling kind of vocal. Um, it's more funky. It's got funk to it. Yeah. It's all bass driven. That do 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 do. You know, it's really it's cool. I like it. It is really cool. It's it's not. I would say it's not like one of the best songs he's done. But I I do like it on its own as its own thing. It's got a great. It's got a cool. Imagine it with a big production. I actually sure. think that could be like a cool, almost like an SEXXY kind of thing mm-hmm. or something. Something that that came to mind when I was listening to this was when they talk about arranging dial songs so that people can hear it over the phone. Mm-hmm. And this seems like a good example of that. Dial-a-song forced us to simplify the arrangements so that you could make oh. sense out of them over the phone. So I think probably there's certain ticks that we still are interested in. Loud lead vocal up front, not yeah. too fussy. We, I mean, our impulse was always to overarrange things, but we were very much limited by what you could. We do would over. have been much more closer to Brian Eno if we had not. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If we had yeah. not done the, it was the wall of answering machines. So, well, so we would you... actually put the vo- make, We would tend to make the vocals very loud so people would hear the words. We also came to understand that people really liked the words, which you know was. I mean, we're songwriters, and you know, we're hooked into melody and and all sorts of other things besides words, but it, it did make us, in the same way that like a DJ is probably really aware of, of the kind of baseline things that audiences really vibrate to, it was hard not to notice that the, the, right. the, the loud words really... It was, cold it was an important constraint for us. Also, enunciating was another... I mean, that's something we yeah. drew from that, which we still, we still over-enunciate. Huh. What, um, which really cuts down on our day drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this this version of She's Actual Size comes with like loud vocals, very simple arrangement, but still mm-hmm. see like I Pound Jeremiah was like that too, his Flansburg one, where it's it's these very clear parts. And this is man, this is something I wish I was better at with with tracking and songwriting and stuff. Just like very simple parts that are very um clear to the to your ear. But there's mm. not like a million things competing. There's a lot of counter melodies and because it's like uh palindrome like when flansburg's singing there's like no music under it mm-hmm. you, go, doo, 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 you know and this is kind of everyone similar. waits their turn <laughs> yeah that's a good way of doing arranging is everyone waits their turn to come in and and then maybe at the very end everything's yeah. at once you know and this is a good example of that because you've got this little piano riff and you've got this driving bass leading everything and it's a really clever way to write a song is to just be like now the music drops out here now this drops out now that drops out look at some of the lyrics for this other version of she's actual size yeah it's interesting is it's the same general pr- principle behind the song yeah. which is that you're singing about some sort of seems like a criminal because there's a part later where he says listen to me fellas and heed my words she's the cruelest ever girl who's not in jail 
almost implying that like she should be in jail. Yeah, maybe she's so good looking, it's criminal. But yeah, that might be that too. It might just be kind of a way of saying that she's huh? like, she's dangerously sexy. Mm. I don't know. I, can I say that word? No. Listen to me, I mean, they could take the music from this and make a different song. Yeah, yeah. They could reuse this easily. Yeah, it's it's solid. It's it's mind blowing to me how much stuff they throw away. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like we were saying, the fact that fans recorded this and that it still exists, it's it's not thrown away. You know, it's it's right. like recycled or it's it's something to still listen to and and admire and and enjoy. Which I guess it's funny that they're he's Flansburg's not really crazy about that, but I don't know. It's it's he a, doesn't look back. It's a tricky thing. Only it's forward. like. It's like when an artist, like there's like if an author dies and then you release their unfinished mm-hmm. work and you could be, some people are like, that's messed up. Like mm-hmm. they didn't finish it, let, you know, but other people are like, well, let's get all we can out of this brilliant brain, sure. right? All and then, the brain juice. <laughs> squeeze it out. What's interesting about this one is that the demo continues as Flansburg says his little outro message mm-hmm. at the end of the tape. And I like the, what the music does here, the bass line, do, 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 do. Hi, this is John. They might be trying to thank you for calling on our dial-up service. Call back anytime. Tell your friends it's a regular call. It doesn't cost anything extra. It is a regular long-distance call, though. So if you're calling from outside of Brooklyn, it might cost a little bit more money. They could almost put out a alternate version of <laughs> Apollo 18. I know. Sometimes there'll be the same song, totally different music, sometimes yeah. different version of the same song. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, and for all we know, there's like a Dig My Grave demo we've never heard, you know, or like that could have been on Dial Song and someone didn't record it. Like, we don't even know for some of these. It would be interesting to hear them. I don't think they would ever want to do this, but if I they know, went back and so. said a, like Apollo 18 redo or something. I recently combed through every single question and answer on their Tumblr. That's something I did a few weeks ago, took all day. But um, th- that came up a lot because people would be like, oh, do you ever think about go uh, redoing this or that or that? And they just say like, we just want to keep going forward. Yeah, And th- that is very respectable. Yeah, but- no, it works, makes sense. Let's listen to the next She's Actual Size demo because we've got the song turning into the actual song here a bit. Word fail, building tumble, the ground opens wide, light beams down from heaven, she stands before my eyes. Dave, is this your favorite version of She's Actual Size? It's not much different. Yeah, it's basically the song, uh, just without all the bells and whistles. Yeah. But again, it's it's cool that he puts this out there for us to uh, pick apart and listen to. I mean, that's not why he put it out there. <laughs> no, no. But uh, it's it's really interesting to hear, and it's interesting comparing it to the last version of She's Actual Size we listened to. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's becoming the song that we we know and love. Yeah. 
um, the finger snapping, you know, that's interesting. It, it evokes like I still little bottle or something. It's clearly like the idea is that it's a jazzy song, but even without, it's funny. You can tell that even without instrumentation, mm -hmm. right? There's something in the outgoing message. We're going to play a few of the outgoing messages in this because it's an interesting, uh, artifact from that time. All right. To her, to her, believe. Hi, this is John, they might be giants. Thank you for calling our dial song service. We'd like to remind everyone out there that if you want to buy objects with the words they might be giants printed on them, or you'd like information about our upcoming releases, uh, Miscellaneous T, the long litigated and exciting B-side compilation album, or Apollo 18, our upcoming fourth album on Electra Records, our second record for Electra, fourth full-length LP. So, yeah, they were promoting Miscellaneous T. Mm. And so this this demo might have been made after, because he says Apollo 18, and it seems like that's all done and going to mm -hmm. come out. So I wonder if the the song was already completely finished and he's mm. just like oh let me just sing it into dial a song and put up you know a little pre as a preview right yeah. this might have well, uh post dated hmm. the actual album song so yeah uh, 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 yeah oh um let's listen to the next they might be giants demo. dial a song demo it's the one for my evil twin and this one's just a, a pleasure a treasure <laughs> So the My Evil Twin demo, you know, we talked about how they wrote this song, which is that Linnell sent Flansburg the MIDI, the music, and mm -hmm. then he wrote a song on top of it. I wonder if this is what Linnell sent him yeah, or if this is farther down the line and he like, they both worked it out or what? That's something to, to wonder. There's a couple different lyrics here, Dave. Yes, There's there one are. that I find very confusing, and I don't know if it's even accurate because it's the phone version, of course, and it's kind of a noisy song, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. My evil Is it the doing donuts thing again? No, no. That one I, I, I'm all clear on now. Okay, good. Um, yeah. My evil twin blows up, a war blows up a world of death with unoriginal sin. What, Dave? I'm glad you're here to explain this line to me. So go. Well, you know what original sin is. This is unoriginal sin. That's an interesting Flansbergian wordplay. Yeah. I'll Back say to that. you, Jordan. Yeah. Original, uh, original sin, I think. We're born as sinners. It's, Maybe uh, you are. Okay, so original sin, the Christian, of course it is. <laughs> typical. Typical. Uh, the Christian doctrine that humans inherited yeah. a tainted nature and a proclivity to sin through the fact of birth. That's harsh. That's, that's what I said, right? That is fucking harsh. Yeah. And I, uh, I disagree. I think that's mean. I have a big problem with this, and I don't want to get into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a weird um, philosophy of life. I mean, I, I guess one could um, turn that around into something like, oh, it's, it gives something to strive for in your life. But to me, it just seems like you're going to mess a kid up by telling them that. <laughs> maybe. When they're, you know, <laughs> maybe. When they're a kid. You tell me an adorable little baby. I'm going to hell. Come on, Just man. for being born. 
This is too hot a topic. Yeah, this is another hot. Well, I said this was going to be a hot episode. Well, so anyway, Flansburg is saying um, yeah, it, what, what? unoriginal sin means that maybe you don't have any sin. You think? Well, no, there is sin. What? But it's not. I mean, unor- it could also be a pun. It is like, a pun for sure. Yeah, being yeah. Un- I don't think unoriginal. It was a deep theological discussion. Yeah, but blows up a world of death is such a, I don't even I don't know. know what that means with, but again, uh, I've checked out Jordan <laughs> again. We, um, these are like rough versions of songs. So he might've just been throwing words together to, to make the demo finish. The word you know, salad, man, my least favorite kind of salad or my most favorite, actually. It's, it's a strange line, but I, I do think unoriginal sin is a great little phrase and it's a great TMBG ish phrase that we can treasure for Be like a good Fox series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like someone starring sol- Jason crimes. Statham. Yeah, uh, I could totally see that. Most of the song, though, is is basically how it is in the album, except yeah. the, the very end. There's an interesting little new nugget, and we're gonna we're gonna nugget yeah. nugget that up and and listen to it. There's also the theremin sound that comes in. Yes, there's also therapy we're all going to need after this episode. Yeah, the the when the bridge starts with the wah 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 wah. Yeah, that's a theremin. I, well, I'm just calling it that in yeah. lieu of not really knowing what it is. But it's like, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, everyone, right. but that's like a strange a siren. You think that's supposed to be like the sirens they talk about? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The, Take the guitar, it away. The guitar part is also kind of like the siren. That wah, wah, yeah. wah. It's almost like a. A car, uh, car alarm, like you hear in, uh, on state songs, you know. Right. Uh, but that's an interesting touch that they also got rid of. That was too literal. That they violently got rid of. Yeah, maybe <laughs> exactly. I, I think they do a lot of literalizing of the lyrics, but in a more subtle way than where you have to think about it a little. Where people need us to explain. <laughs> yeah. Because we're so smart. Yeah, I. That's a nice little hook that yeah. they threw away. My evil. They twin. opted for uh, repeating the verse. Yeah, that's almost like a power chorus. The way he sings, you know, that that could be a really good. That would have been a good addition to the song. But I, I think I do prefer the the album one with you've got Linnell going my twin and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But you know, even their thrown away ideas are pretty solid. I really These guys like are good. These guys are good. There's one little bit on the outgoing message that I just want to play for you, Dave, because I thought for it was an uh, interesting wow. look what into, a friend. Into, the, into their... I'm, I am nothing but uh, not generous. You are nothing. You said it there. <laughs> Wait, I am nothing but generous or I am nothing but not generous? I am not nothing but generous. Well, you had it right the first time. You're uh, nothing. Okay. You're a piece of shit. Check, check this out. <laughs> Thank you for calling me live at Style Song Service. We are writing songs and staying at home. Here in Brooklyn, call back anytime and tell your friends about They Must Be Giants Dallas Song Service, where the vocals are loud and the music has to be a little bit quieter, so you can hear the vocals on They Must Be Giants Dallas Song. Thank you for calling. Call back tomorrow, and uh, the song will probably still be on because it's among our favorite new songs. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Isn't that interesting? One among our favorites, and yet wow. they. 
as we've said, um, they never do it live. They can't it's, be that favorite. Yeah, it seems. I wonder what happened there. I would guess that it's one of their favorites because it's a true collaboration, and, and mm-hmm. I think that's like a really special thing when two minds meld in in that way, right. like ours do on every episode. Sure. Um, I disagree. Whoa, <laughs> uh, me too. But uh, <laughs> whatever yeah, you say, boss. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting that it's uh, one of their favorites. Anyway, the next next one coming up. It's the demo for Mammal, and Dave, this is a good quality, yeah. good quality demo because it was mm-hmm. featured on their podcast. But right. it is, I, I, I like triple checked like the vocal line and stuff. It is the one that was also on Dial a Song. I'm, I'm 99% positive it's the exact same recording. But let's let's listen to the demo for Mammal. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, if you feel like it, you got it. Glass of milk standing in. Extinction in the cold and explosive radiating growth. So the warm blood flows through the large four chambered heart, maintaining the very high metabolism rate they have. Mammal, mammal, their names are called. They raise upon the vast. Uh, there's not a ton to talk about because it's so similar to. Mm-hmm. The album version, though it brings to mind a few things. One, like like Ed talked to us about, second mm-hmm. engineer Ed Douglas. He said a lot of Apollo 18 was just brought over from their MIDI this, that right. they already prepared. This seems like an example of that because it seems to be the exact tempo key of yeah. of the album version. Just maybe some mixing differences or yeah, the drums are yeah. louder. They're they're a little more aggressive sounding, which is weird for this song. <laughs> though not it's not to- mammal. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, it works though. And I think the 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 main takeaway from this is that you're hearing like a Flansburgless version of the song. The, the kind mm. of key ingredient that's missing is Flansburg's guitar lines, ding, 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 you know, and all those little things he's doing, which to me really warm the song up. It really gives like a sense of, you know, it's it's not just all midi, midi, midi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's got like that nice, you know, thing that you can't really do in midi, which is like actual guitar playing, you know, you're not locked yeah. into a tempo or any of that. And so this is like what uh, it would be without Flansburg. And it's a, a haunting glimpse yeah. <laughs> of, what, of what that would be. Yeah, was, he adds a little bit more warmth, a little bit more freedom, maybe. creepy last chord i wanted to play though from the uh the dial a song versions of mammal there's there's two outgoing messages to put us again put us into the time and place when this was happening that i, I thought was worth uh checking out hi this is john they might be john thank you for calling our dial song service we'd like to remind everybody that if you want more information about they might be giants write the information club the address is on our records um our records will uh, our old catalog will soon be available in record stores again after funny uh, distribution problems 
they will be reconciled soon, we hope. So I thought that was interesting. Mm. There was <laughs> apparently in the early 90s, there was distribution problems with their old records. Problems. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. wonder what was going on there. Were you part of that club? I was part of the conspiracy. I yes. suppressed the Webby Giants albums because oh, okay. I wanted them all. Yeah. If I can't have them, nobody can. Sure. The Info Club, yes, I, I was. I was part of the Info Club on the tail end of it existing, yeah, really. I wish I, mean, I was. I've got all the, I've got a big folder full of what all the What was it, just old, newsletters? Yeah, they're really funny and interesting. Yeah. They're, they're these, they're like little newspapers. Uh, yeah, that's cool. You know, the, the graphic design on them is great, which sure. I did, I'd attribute to Flansburg probably. And, and there's a I lot of assume. like little stories and essays. You can get, you can see them online now. Yeah. I also have scans of <laughs> all of them. They have scans. They have scans. Very scans. Yeah, another, uh, another message on a different version of, mm-hmm. well, it's the same version of Mammal, but this one has a different outgoing message. I thought Dave would find this interesting. Hi, Happy New Year. This is John of Day My Times. We'd like to tell you that we are performing at Fast Lanes in Ashbury Park on the 23rd of January. On the 24th, we're going to be doing a benefit in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, for a Williamsburg Arts Organization. It's an evening of Williamsburg music. Uh, Kurt Hoffman's Band of Weeds, Brian Dewan, and us, They Might Be Giants, will be performing. $10 in advance, $12 at the door. We strongly advise you to buy tickets in advance for the show because limited tickets are available. And they are $10 at Leaker Bob at uh, Pier Platters in Hoboken and Earwax, the record store in Williamsburg, right here where we live. So please buy tickets in advance. Hope to see you there. It's our first show in a long time. It's our first show before Apollo 18. The new album due out March 15th. 18 new songs, including the single The Statue Got Me High, which will be featured here on Dial Song in a couple of days. Oh, by the way, there's no uh, Statue Got Me High. Uh fan recording from dial a song oh, that exists shit. so if i would have loved to have heard that um i wonder if it would be the demo of it like hmm. these other songs or if he said it's a new single so maybe they just put it on dial a song uh that's within their rights i won't get mad wow but yeah no one no one recorded that or maybe he just never got around to doing that you know they're they're busy uh but yeah dave i thought you'd find it interesting they they say buy tickets at bleaker bobs which is a store we've, yeah. we've been to and you know i ran into flansburg and the virgin records once in manhattan did i, I didn't ever tell you that ran tell into him more. like an old friend's nose yeah. i was wearing a they might be giant oh, shirt god and <laughs> he was, was like back away i really did like have this thing debate in my head because i'm like i don't want to annoy him mm-hmm. but it's we i feel weird just going home and not you know, I'd, I'd feel weird not saying hi or, or something. Yeah. So I basically just like went up to him and I said, hey, and I pointed to my shirt and he was <laughs> like, oh, like he, he was nice. And go. I was holding the new Morrissey album because I was buying it. Uh-huh. And so I just said, have you heard the new Morrissey? Because I know he likes Morrissey. And he's like, oh, no, uh, I, I haven't yet. Like, I think I just said, like, you know love your music thank you love you love you (laughs) love you dear i gave him a kiss on the cheek uh and now we're married yeah that was like one of my weird outside of a of an a tmeg engagement um running into them that's happened a few times living in new york it's just bound to happen i recommend it (laughs) let's move on um there's there's just a little bit to talk about with this next one but it's the dial a song version of spider ladies and gentlemen Spider. Get rid of Spider. Step on Spider. Spider. We love you, Spider. Oh, I promise not to kill 
So, what was that spider, Dave? I couldn't tell. It sounded nothing like spider to me. <laughs> there's really only one crucial... That's the second time I said that in this episode. There's, there's really only one important... I don't believe you. We need a thesaurus to make it more interesting for the listener. Vital? Vital, yeah. There's only, there's only one vital sign in this yeah. <laughs> song, keeping it alive. But uh, the, What's that? the big difference... So this is really interesting to me because it ties into our discussions with Ed about Spider and other things we've, we know about it. So the only time on the song that Flansburg appears is when he goes, must stop. Mm -hmm. And that's absent in this version with the magic of technology. I'm going to fast forward a little bit to later in the song and you'll see how that's actually missing from the song because Flansburg had yet to, I assume, he had yet to contribute. He's like, I got to say something. Yeah, I got to do something. Yeah, it just repeats Linnell's I promise from the the bridge when he says, I promise not to kill you. Oh, uh, I believe you now. It's funny because I think Flansburg's like a great storyteller because I feel yeah. like he's, he's like, Characters. this is like the climax of the song. We need to have something really forceful and exciting. So the must stop right. is like... Yeah, like for science. That's a perfect comparison. Yeah, for science perfect. Is, is Flansburg writing like a little three-act play. And then he improvised something very dramatic. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, listen to our miscellaneous tea episode. Listen to it. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's just interesting that Flansburg knew to put something dramatic there or maybe Linnell told him to do it whatever yeah, but he, maybe you know, Ed told him yeah maybe it was Ed's idea um, maybe it was Bill Krause that's yeah he, he called him hey I haven't spoken in a two, one note few years <laughs> yeah but uh, there is a little outgoing message that's a little bit interesting and a little bit a little look I'm not gonna oversell it <laughs> he says a little bit interesting I, I think guess that's, that's all we could hope for I think that's fair to say I'm honest with the listeners this podcast a little bit interesting Hi, this is Cappy Ernest Fidel of They Might Be Giants, toasting you for calling They Might Be Giants Dial-A-Song Service, 25 hours a day, 4,000 days a week, crashing, crushing, destroying. You were right. Yeah, it was a little bit interesting. Yeah. That's one of my favorite outgoing messages. <laughs> you know, if someone were to ask me on my deathbed, what was your favorite outgoing message on Dial a Song in the early 90s? Okay. I think that would be the one. Um, so That'd be a weird question to ask <laughs> on your deathbed. I don't know, knowing me, <laughs> I can see you asking me that or one of my close, uh, maybe I'll invite <laughs> all Associates. Of, I'll invite all of the listeners on the, of, of the show like to Jordan, stop any by. final words? <laughs> yeah. There was this Dial a Song I really liked. So, so I just wanted to kind of no one in your will. try to dissect the weird reference in it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Chappy McGee, whatever. <laughs> yeah. He says, this is, and by the way, this is all we can tell that he says because it's hard to, to really hear it. But sounds like he says, and this is on the wiki too, they seem to think he says, Cappy Ernest Fidel. Okay. And I think this is a very um, TMBG ish blend of possibly a few things. Um, the thing that comes up for Ernest Fidel is that there's like a famous photograph of Ernest Hemingway and Fidel Castro. <laughs> That's together, what I assumed it was a reference I'll, to. I'll show it to to Dave Davy Boy. That's what they call me. Yeah. So there's like you. If you look that up, <laughs> which one's which? <laughs> yeah. If you look that up, they actually do look very similar. There's just a, this photo of them, or it's kind of variations on this photo of them. And huh. there's a lot of articles like, were they friends? What the fuck? What's going yeah. on? Um, Is Fidel Castro cool. 
I don't know. He, he seems he's probably cool. Pretty cool guy. <laughs> Um, I don't know what accent that was. Yeah. No, it says that they met for a few minutes in May 1960, and all they did was chat about fishing. Very, uh... Kind of like me meeting Flansburg and Virgin Records and chatting about Morrissey. (laughs) It's a similar iconic uh, event in history. That seems like what they'd talk about. Yeah, I'm sure they weren't planning some sort of assassination attempt or something like that. But uh, (laughs) um, So I think that's what that might be a reference to. But when you look up Cappy Ernest, you get this weird... There's a book called The (laughs) The Life of Erasmus that is written by... uh, Cap Ernest E H Cappy or Capy because it's spelled two different ways. It's spelled as Cappy and Capy. So it's like, is okay. he is he referencing this random old book by Ernest Cappy and meant and putting Fidel there? This is like so funny to me because this is like what their lyrics are like. Yeah. Where you're like, what is this a reference to? Or is it just you know? It's probably just really n- not important. Right. But I thought it was a fun, you know, there's not a lot, there's not too much digging in this episode into this stuff. So I thought it'd be a fun opportunity. Yeah, wow. And uh, by the smile on Dave's face, I can tell that it uh, it was the right way to go. I think it's time to tell you that this is not a smile. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you think a smile is. It's a grimace. Mm. You know, that's (laughs) the X-Files line. I'm not smiling. I'm wincing. Ooh. I think about that all the time. Does uh, Jillian Anderson say it? <laughs> Peter Boyle says it oh. in his infamous episode. I, I know that episode. Yeah, I did show because I show it to everyone I know. He plays Santa Claus, right? Yeah, that's right. It's about a killer Santa Claus. They did that every Christmas. It was getting a little old after <laughs> 11 seasons. So anyway, that's the Spider's Eye song. I, I do right. think it's interesting that it's like so identical because it really like tracks with what Ed said, which is like a lot of these songs they just brought into the studio as nearly complete. Um, it seems like maybe they added like the horns and maybe a few slight production touches to it. Right. And it's funny because to me it seems so Flansburg-y Spider, but apparently it's it's all Linnell, you know? It seems like a, a monopuffy, sample-heavy Flansburg kind of experiment. Next is the dial song demo for Hall of Heads. Okay. This may not shock you, but it's very similar to it's, the album. Yeah. Let's listen to it a little bit. Almost the same. Is it the same? I think it's exactly the same. Yeah, so uh, I'm not even quite sure how to piece this one together because you've got the long intro and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's basically the same. Yeah. There is sort of like synth bass instead of the horns and the saxes and stuff, you know, that you can at least you can make out over the phone. One notable difference is the backing vocals in the chorus are very, very loud. They're like way louder than on the album. And uh-huh. I think what we even said, I, they're, they're so subtle on the album, I couldn't tell if they were... Flansburg or the, the the guest singer they had, who we right. still don't know who that is. Please 
But yeah, this like this is so completely worked out. I would not be surprised if these were like the same tracks that made yeah. it onto the album uh, in some some way. Yeah, I don't really hear much of a difference. That's right. So guess what? Then there's nothing to say. Nice. <laughs> about Next. It. Hey, if if anyone you know, let's has do a this. problem with that. Fight us. <laughs> no, I was gonna say if anyone has interesting insights on any of these that we missed. Uh, please email us. Don't let's start podcast at gmail.com or uh, you can tweet mm-hmm. up to us at don't let's pod. And I'm, I check the Twitter compulsively every few minutes. <laughs> cool. So I, I won't miss it. Anyway, let's listen to one of my personal favorites. This is the first demo huh. for see the constellation. And uh, some fans call it my loan constellation. I lay my head. Constellation, maybe, or See the Constellation. I guess it wouldn't really be called See the Constellation because yeah. he doesn't say that in the song. Is he trying to be very Elvis Costello-y hmm. in that demo? You got a little that vibe? Yeah, definitely. My friend? Yeah, I can see that. This, is, this kind of goes along with my the thing I think about all the time, which is this like alternate world of Flansburg yeah. being like a solo <laughs> acoustic songwriter guy. And I, I've always really liked that yeah. s- that side of what he does. And if it were me, I'd be I'd be like, this is the song, and I like it. I'll play it live. I'll put it on an album. Hmm. But he, as we'll see in the next demo, he heavily reworked it. Yeah. Um, there's some different lyrics in the second verse. Let's yes. let's listen to that. Sure. So yeah, they're, these are rough early lyrics. The TMBW says, you city lights. I don't know if that's really the lyric. I don't see why it wouldn't be the city lights. You uh-huh. can't really tell from listening to it what he's saying exactly. But he says, city lights, there's nothing there. The real star, nothing's there. Hmm. So that could be a double meaning. Maybe it's about his stardom. Maybe yeah. he feels empty inside. Maybe he feels like the there's just blackness of outer space inside of him and he's not a real star maybe he wants to be maybe he doesn't want to be i don't know it's it's very vague mm-hmm. very rough but i really i like this version of the song myself because it um it just feels really sad and nice you mm-hmm. know i don't know i think i like the more produced full version of this there's one key difference uh which is uh the most specific way, you say the, the A chord in the chorus. So when he goes... Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, it's like right across the... And then the A chord, sky, which gives yeah. it that sci-fi outer space yeah. feeling. Yeah. And in this version, it's kind of the one four five. Yeah. Right? It's like the very standard kind of... And which makes sense if you're writing a song, you kind of start with the basics. But it's it's funny how much the one chord change really, really changes it, yeah. the whole sure. feel of it. And now let's listen to the next demo of See the Constellation, which is 
very similar to the album, but there's mm. some interesting differences that we can all we can. I don't, I don't like how close our knees are to touching. Uh, Back I, up. Since I last saw you, I grew a few inches, which yeah, is why that's, that's happening. Look at those gams. I thought only women have gams. I don't know. Anyway, let's listen to See the Constellation Demo 2, as far as we know. Shit. Come on, no comparison. Yeah. So we've got in the in the background, you can hear the Ramones yeah, yeah. sample still. It's so similar to the album. I wanted to read something from the Tumblr that Flansburg said when he was answering one of my questions. Oh, shit. This is from a few years back, uh, but I found this recently. I, I asked him this. I have long been impressed by your ability to rework songs. When I hear early dial song versions of Sleeping in the Flowers or See the Constellation, I am blown away by your discipline. As a songwriter myself, I find I often have a, well, that's the song and that's that attitude when a song seems finished, even if it means the song will wither away because I didn't improve upon it. When do you know to get back in there and rework it? That was a good question. Thank you. Well, I th that's up there with uh, how do you know when a song's <laughs> finished? That's my question. Yeah. Usually, yeah, and this is um, this is something I think about all the time, which I, I'm glad I got to ask him this. And he said, "Well, you are very kind. I had an art professor at Pratt, kind of a Tim Gunn-like figure, but stricter, who <laughs> who always said." Oh be rigorous with the materials. Hmm. And I suspect a week doesn't go by that I don't say that, think about that, or act on that. It's a good way to be if you're in a creative enterprise. How inspiring, Dave, is that? Very. Be rigorous with the materials. I'd give it an eight. Yeah, out of 10 in, 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 yeah. inspiros. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really- I agree with that too. I like that answer. I'm not like that. I'm just not. I'm more prolific than rigorous. Like I'll do a lot. I'm more rigorous than I, prolific. It's true. Dave is exactly like that. You're a peanut butter. Um, I'm <laughs> but like, I'll throw a lot at the wall and see what, you know, sticks. Yeah. Whereas um, I don't do a lot of, there's some, okay, there's a couple times I've rewritten a song because I'm like, let's say like the chorus is really great, but the verses suck. This happens like three, this happened like three or four times in my songwriting. Yeah. And I'm just like, this chorus is so great. It needs verses that are like, you sure, know, sure. Whole, propping it up well, because it's, um, the song just dies when the verses happen. And we know songs that are like that, where it just no one remembers hey, the don't verses. don't look at me. Not you. I'm saying I, I have memories of, yeah. of us listening to the radio and this, a song starts playing. We're like, what the hell is this song? It's and just then a the lead chorus, up to the hook. Yeah. yeah. And then the hook comes and we're like, oh, that's what the verses are like. And this yeah. in like. Now, what I want to know is what do you do when the verses suck and the chorus sucks yeah. and the bridge sucks yeah. and you suck? <laughs> Yeah, I guess you Any info for work that? at uh, Carvel <laughs> <laughs> or something. Also, do you think Flans is the one that instills this on Linnell? Because Linnell has a bunch of songs that have been reworked a lot. Or do they both share that 
workhorse mentality. I wonder if they encourage it in each other. Um, Linnell has said, described himself as lazy. Right, that's why I ask. Uh, which is which, like, baffling. it could be like the Lennon McCartney thing because yeah. Lennon always said he was lazy and he didn't like reworking songs. I'm sure he wasn't. I'm sure I know he's being like a self-loathing modest mouse. Um, and M Paul McCartney's like not lazy at all. And not like, lazy. Does yeah? <laughs> I swear. He's hooked to a lie detector. Um, I'm very lazy. <laughs> That they, they was their comedy <laughs> duo, la lazy and not lazy. Yeah, Sleepyhead and lazy. Oh, re a reg regular odd couple. I thought that the way that he imp improved upon See the Constellation, I think most people would agree with that. Um, he definitely grabs you, you know, more. Um, yeah, that's a great song. Yeah. And uh, let's listen if to I later. I said it enough. <laughs> there, yeah. There's a few, like, interesting differences in in the song towards the end, because I think on the in the album version, the end is where they really experimented and mm -hmm. tried. Soundscape. A, yeah, tried a few things. But Flansburg did a version of that in this version. Yeah. Like a kind I of a rough that. idea, like, we're going to try something out later. But let's listen. Cool. It's, it's interesting. There's, like, a guitar solo that he does. It's a little buried, but you can make it out. There's some cool effects. Right on. Right on. Yeah, so there's like some bluesy uh, guitar notes there, like yeah. which is almost uh, uncharacteristic for they might be giants. But I think Flansburg was trying to evoke yeah. the other bands in this song, like we talked about in the yeah. discussion. That's one of my favorite discussions we've done. Is see the constellation? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. some reverse guitar too. Yeah, reverse guitar. There's the sitar is still yeah. there, uh, which is surprising that that wasn't that was thought of really early on. Sometimes, though, I can imagine if you like the moment you put sitar sounds in, you're like, okay, now we've got to kind of play to that. You know what I mean? Because that's such a that's such a big change. It's like the saying goes, mm -hmm. once you sitar, you <laughs> go real far. Yeah, that's that's right. That was the Beatles learned that in their yeah. India trip. Yeah. I think that's what it, that's what it says at the airport when yeah. you arrive. So yeah, you, we were talking about they have the voice cutting out effects. He's like mm -hmm. dots and la. Uh, I actually think that's a great, uh, they could have kept that in. That's yeah, a great idea. It's like kind of weird because for a second you're like, what? What's going on? What? Music? Is <laughs> huh? uh, that I usually listen? <laughs> yeah, I'm always like surprised. <laughs> Everything that happens is a surprise. That's why I'm so enthusiastic on the show. Garsh. Let's go to the next demo, uh, though there's a little bit of a twist on this one. Uh. And it's for If I Wasn't Shy. <laughs> If I wasn't shy, if I wasn't shy, I'd burn all the uniforms, I'd burn all the ask me buttons, I'd burn. So I want to, Dave, I just want to fast forward. The, the real surprises are a bit later in the song. 
So, all right. But uh, yeah, what we first impressions. So you're you're though, not fast forwarding. I am going. <laughs> you're slowing down. First, hmm. First impressions, Dave. About though it. about this version. Oh, I love this version. This goes back to what we were saying in an alternate universe. Yeah. Versions of Apollo 18 or a redone version. Mm-hmm. I almost think the uh, lonely acoustic version kind of illustrates the lyrics. I think so a, a too. A little better. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I really like, and I like how you can hear the guitar work pretty clearly. Yes. Um, I really like this version. It's interesting. Sometimes I have this issue with uh, I can't hide from my mind on the spine because uh, in Gigantic, you see him re- <laughs> recording it with the with the guitar. Yeah. I really like that version. And Yeah, sometimes that works really well. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, but there's a few little differences. And let's listen to the second verse because if you'll hear, Dave, the guitar drops out. You got me to make you. I'm yeah. gonna make a you. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, it's an interesting choice because when you've only got yourself in a guitar, it's a it's a good like way to change things up. So it's actually really good advice. Like, oh, drop out the gu- like if you're doing a solo show, just drop out the guitar, and it seems way dramatic all of a sudden to just be singing. So let's check that out. It's more dramaticer. I'd steal somebody's Cadillac. I'd steal. Anything I like, I'd steal all the microphones from all the masters of ceremony if I was Yeah, see, very effective. I, I gotta remember that if I ever do shows Ooh. again. Just like, yeah, just stop playing. And then everyone be like, whoa, the lyrics must be really important <laughs> here. And then we've got one more change in the final verse. All the cursing. Yeah. I'd kiss if you don't mind I've kissed you a hundred times If I wasn't shy So Dave, we have a we now have a lack of consent Oh God Because in the album version he says I'd ask you if you yeah. don't mind to kiss you and in this one he just goes for it I'd mm. kiss you so a little problematic, Flansburg. Mm-hmm. But uh, one note, it's interesting to me about that is that the the album version is much more shy. You to ask someone right. is less bold than to just kiss someone, um, right? Would yes. you agree, Dave? What's your style? What what's your what? <laughs> what's your well? Okay, look for to, kissing you. No, for I, I know just that go already. For it. No, I, when I um, did a bunch of dating, uh, okay, Cupid dating for years and years. Um, Sometimes I would le- just do it because mm-hmm. the date was feeling romantic and chemistry yeah. at the end of the date. And you can kind of tell, though sometimes you yeah. um, was wrong and that was embarrassing, uh, the most humiliating feeling of my life. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes I'd be like, uh, can I? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> see, it's weird because it's really hard to know what to do because it's first, uh, I've heard, I heard from some girls, oh, that's a huge turnoff to ask. To ask? Yes, mm. girls told me that uh, directly. Mm. But... Um, I think if you do it in a in it with a joke, like with me and Kristen's um, first date, mm-hmm. I kind of asked, I kind of like said it in a funny way, and she laughed, and it happened, and it was like a nice moment. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. What, what do you think about this, Dave? I don't know. I've never kissed a girl. <laughs> so, and then the outgoing message, though, for if I wasn't shy, says something that is a little bit interesting about <laughs> again, a little. It's a revealing about <laughs> the context of this version of the song. So let's just hear that really. And. Uh, 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 Apollo 18, our new album coming out sometime later than that, featuring many songs featured here first on the Might Be Giant's Dallas Song Service in special acoustic rendition. 
So what that says to me is that they might have recorded If I Wasn't Shy already. Yeah, I think it was done. And Flansburg just kind of said, oh, I'll just play it as a little preview. So I don't even know if you'd call this the demo, right, of If I Wasn't Shy. More more like him just performing it live, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. And that's an important distinction, everyone. God damn it. Because we're going to say describe this episode as discussing the demos, and that one might not be a demo. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> Now, I was going to ask... I'm sorry! <laughs> yeah, what? Demo. What's that short for? Dumb. <laughs> That's short for demonstration, right? Demonstration, yes! You're right, it's a demonstration of what the song should be. I thought it was short for demon. Demon, <laughs> yep. Just without the end. That's right. Satanic right. panic. Let's do it. No more pre-written material. The ne- yeah, that, but the, the previous hour and a half of this episode was all pre-written. We're, <laughs> we're going to wing it from this, uh, this yeah. point on, though. So hopefully the quality will stay the same. Who's up for a little improv? Whose line is it anyway? <laughs> I'm Clive Allen. What was his name? Owen. <laughs> Clive Owen. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's my favorite season of Whose Line, Clive Owen's. What's the next song? <laughs> next song is Turn Around Freaky version. <laughs> I'm calling it that. Freaky dicky version. So this to me is like the scariest game of musical chairs. <laughs> Can't you imagine playing this in the kindergarten while <laughs> kids are circling the chairs? I can now. This is uh, one of those ones I've been excited to talk about for years uh, since we started the show or since thinking about this yeah. show. Uh, what do you think about Tarawound? <laughs> uh, Frightening. Demo. Yeah. Fear-inducing. Sounds like a dog a little bit. Yeah. It, yeah, well, it has that strange out-of-tune-sounding yeah. piano, which might be from the cassette of the sure, bootleg, sure. for all we know. Or, But, uh, you know, everything else sounds pretty, like, n- normal, like the yeah. message and stuff. So, I, yeah. I don't know what accent that he's doing. Yeah, to me, it sounds like he's saying, turn a wound. And, but it, uh, it's, and he's, like, and emphasizing the D a lot. Yeah, it's definitely a character. A turn around. <gasps> mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's a like character. The stuff he knows. And it's, yeah, exactly. And it seems like, yeah, it, it seems to me like that he had this literally like circling in his head. Yeah. All, you know, nonstop. And he's like, well, this needs verses. Driving him mad. You know, it's funny because, I mean, it's it's a testament to his great songwriting that he he made it even, you know, he made verses that make that work so well and yeah. <laughs> make it make sense. I have these unfinished songs where I have like a chorus and I'm for literally for 15 years i've not known how to put a verse on them or or whatever well don't beat yourself up they've had songs that have been (laughs) that's true in the hopper for a long time yeah yeah exactly then they finally uh get fully realized let's listen to to a little bit further into this because i don't want to deprive our listeners more of this version of the song because it's again in an alternate universe i'd love this version on a yeah I, I could see this almost being like a fingertip, right? That's kind of sure. what this version yeah. is. Uh, they should do Apollo 19. <laughs> yeah, they should. That's right. I think they would love to do that. Yeah. That's <laughs> probably what they're going to do next. Turn around. Turn around. It's a human 
So yeah, the song kind of folds on top of itself over and over again, you know, almost like a, almost like he took the track and it's just <laughs> the vocals and it almost sounds like there's other words there, but I can't, I don't know if that's just a weird uh, audio, audio illusion or something. What, what do you think, Dave? I want to know, where's the nine minute version of that? Yeah, <laughs> like the iPalindrome I. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one of my favorite weird dial a song uh, mysteries is the turnaround demo. I wonder there must be like also a demo of the other version too, which is right. sort of the thing about they might be giants rare songs is like there's probably so many versions of all these songs. I've always loved that one. I mean, there's nothing like for the first time like getting the power of dial a song like cassette in the mail hmm. and hearing these. So intrigued and surprised. And delighted, elated. Nice. Yeah. Let's go to Hypnotist of Ladies, which is pretty similar, but there's a couple little little tidbits that are titting my bits. Yeah, let's bid those tits. This, this to me almost sounds like the exact uh-huh. Alma version, like the vocals and stuff, but there are some little differences. But this song was seems to be really figured out, yeah. uh, you know, in the demo form. We've got the, the cutoff vocals at the beginning. On the wiki, yeah. it says that Flansburg did that so that the answering machine wouldn't think that it's a tone and and stop recording, huh. which they mentioned, I think, in a few interviews, though I haven't been able to quite find where that, that might be. But I don't know if that's just a theory. Yeah, I don't know if that's a theory or if that's like known, but that's kind of a funny. I wonder if that's also why at the end of See the Constellation, he was like, la, uh, maybe it's the same reason. Um, The ending of this song is just a little different, little different Flansburg stuff. You got like a very prominent, funky guitar rhythm that I actually really like a lot. It's very upfront. And then you've got a little, little different guitar noodlings. Let's listen to the end of the song and then let's move on and never talk about hypnotist of <laughs> ladies again for the rest of my life. I doubt that. Yeah, I love that. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, a little yeah, that, bit it, different it, approach. Yeah, is that even on? I don't think that's on the album, that kind of playing. Oh, it might, it yeah. might be a little buried or something, yeah. but it's great. You could hear the, uh, I think those are pinched harmonics or something, mm-hmm. a little bit clearer. Yeah, what's a pinch for the listeners at home who... I don't really know. <laughs> I just kind of said that thinking you wouldn't catch me on it. Oh, shit. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, like a, a weird harmonic sound you get from a different striking of the string yeah it's the angle that yeah. you touch the string on the guitar and you can kind of get these weird uh, sounds, sounds. Yeah. <laughs> sound sometimes you just get them by accident i went to sound school a lot of uh, gain on your mm-hmm. setup there yes that's right because every little thing it will hear you the amps yeah. will hear 
Yes, we understand how these things work. Yep. We are experts. Pros. Uh, yes, and cons. <laughs> Pros and cons, our new podcast. That's a good name for a crime podcast. It's about podcast. poetry <laughs> yeah. and criminals. Yeah. Um, anyway. This is a pun, see? Yes. Pros. So we're fast forwarding. There's no fingertips demo, and and there's also no demos for a few other songs, mm. uh, which I'm glad because this episode's well, getting yeah, that'd be, be twenty long. more. But um, we're gonna go to something extremely special, which is the demo for Spacesuit, which was called mm-hmm. "I'll Remember Third Street," and this is. According to a few sources, this might be like the very first They Might Be Giants recording ever made. Uh, Maybe like aside from stuff they did as a joke in high school that we know about. But uh, this is I'll Remember Third Street. It's Flansburg's. It's like an early experiment in jazzy chords and stuff. We talked all about it on our uh, spacesuit segment. There's something interesting going on here. So this was played on the podcast, the They Might Be Giants official podcast, Mm -hmm. in a very unbelievable episode where they played a bunch of rare you know, eight early eighties yeah. material, like the hell hotel demo and stuff. Right. Boy, I miss that podcast. Yeah, me too. I don't think they do it more. No, <laughs> they're always, well, I think they just have this thing where they just want to keep trying new things, you know, yeah. and not do the same thing over and over. But, um, so on the podcast, it began with like a weird sample. And I was always under the impression that that was a podcast thing that they did that as a transition on the podcast, mm-hmm. but the the wiki um, seems to think that maybe that's part of the original song, mm-hmm. and like this is how I'll remember Third Street begins. If anyone knows the answer, I'm interested, but I have no idea if the sample originates with the song or if it was done because the podcast had a lot of weird audio, like little mysteries throughout, yeah. you know, tricks. But I'll I'll play the full version that w- with the sample because I originally wasn't going to do that until like yesterday when I was like looking stuff up. Okay. But here's the version with the sample. I'll tell you the answer. Yeah, there's, you know, I, I went on about how much I love spacesuit because mm. it gives me this warm, nostalgic feeling. And yeah. I have to say, this version being like their first record, one of their first recordings, it's even more nostalgic and warm uh, can to you me. Handle it? But yeah, I know. I almost want to cry. Like it's it's so because um, there it's you know it's 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 got an amateurish feel to it where it's it's not it's not like super um polished yeah thank you uh and it's like me (laughs) (laughs) it's reminds me of the music i made when i was younger though not as you know not as good as as that is full of wonder in your eyes yeah it's got this like song in your heart it's got a wide-eyed innocence to it and it's cockeyed optimism Deep-seated racism. No, I'm just <laughs> thinking of more uh, adjectives. But, um, well, first of all, I'm just, like, so glad that they put that out because this was a recent thing they put out, a recent in terms of their career. Like, this was put out during the podcast, which wasn't, it's not that old. And I think it was, like, 15 years ago, but, yeah. <laughs> Don't even tell me that. But um, just the fact that this came out after all that time yeah. is amazing, and I, I love that they shared it, and I wish they'd share more early stuff like that because we know there's a big bundle of it. 
Um, they, they, he says often that I've, I found a bunch of tapes and I'm going to share stuff, but we've yet yeah. to, we've yet to see, we've yet to hear, but, um, I, I love I'll Remember Third Street. I, I think it's a great, it still sounds like spacesuit, you know, mm. but it still has all the, yeah, that noise on top, the noise, the space noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind of fifties B movie noise. Yeah, exactly. And well, we can talk about that sample just in case it is part of that early thing because the the wiki um, dis, uh, discovered it's from the song One Less Bell to Answer mm-hmm. by... Well, the song was written by Burt Bacharach and Hal David, two cool cats. Well, we know they like Burt Bacharach. But it's by the Fifth Dimension, a, a band. Whoa, whoa, wait, slow down. <laughs> yeah. Fifth Dimension. I know. You know what Grant Morrison says about the Fifth Dimension? Time. It's imagination. Oh. That's where Mr. Mitzi Pitalik is from and, and et cetera. Or that is fourth that dimension might... time? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, let's listen to a little bit of One Less Bell to Answer because that's what he's sampling. Though we don't know what the why is from, but the song does say why a lot in it. So it, I feel like him, mm-hmm. maybe it's him saying why over it is related to the lyrics of the song, which is there's a part, you know, it's like a, it's like a breakup song being like, why did this happen? Blah, blah, blah. Why? Now you got my attention. (laughs) Yeah. No, I actually thought that was very sad because that's like when you have a breakup. Just buy more eggs. Yeah. It's about food shortage. Um, No, I'm I'm hungry. I make Kristen eggs every morning. Oh, well, congratulations. And if we were to ever break up, I'd have less eggs to fry. No, you wouldn't because you could make them for me. Yeah. I come over day and say, where's my eggs? That's that's your autobiography. Where's my eggs? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, again, I don't know if the sample is even part of the original song mm-hmm. or not. This might be a, a big diversion from our goal, which is to finish <laughs> this episode. Yeah, let's go to the next track, though. Man, I, I mean, I wish I could talk more about "I'll Remember Third Street." It's it's really it's, uh, special. I was, about, I was about to say it's really sample because I, I made the <laughs> I made the file name say with sample. It's really sample. Man, that's so sample. Yeah, <laughs> edgy. You down with the sample? I mean, it's such an unbelievable piece of They Might Be Giants history yes. that I almost don't know what to say about it. What more can be said? Thank you. In our last uh, episode, I said, we're not going to do Sifton in this episode because yeah. we'll just talk about this early demo that they played live. But it turns out Sifton was on dial a song in a slightly different version, and it's only 30 seconds. Yeah. And basically, the only, the main difference is that the the singing is, is sounds different. But let's listen to that. And sure. it's cut off, and I couldn't find a full version. But I thought mm. for the sake of completion, yeah. uh, let's complete uh, this episode this and, and, and listen to this. Thank you. 
it sort of cuts off right there. Hmm. Um, the, yeah, the thing about the so it's it's him very clearly singing na 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 and yeah. What's funny? So the only th- observation I have to make about this, and you should be amazed I even have any on the the official version. It's like the singing is so drenched in reverb and effects that it's it almost doesn't come across as like a, a person. You know right, what I mean? It almost sounds like a synth or something. Yeah, it's like an it's it's like kind of a big effect, but yeah. in this one, it really just sounds like a guy going like nah nah. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, just walking down the street. Yeah, exactly. With a song in his heart. That's kind of what the song evokes to me. Is yeah, the guy kind of I walking agree. down the street. Yeah, in a good mood. Here he comes. Whatever that just is, walking down the street. So let's move on to the Cabbage Town demo, which is another, this is one of the very first Flansburg demos, you know, that we know about uh, ever made. It was done early 80s. They played Cabbage Town at like their first show, I think, you know, hmm. it's kind of crazy. This was for a while. This was like the song. I know that it was. Uh, they, this was the hit this song. This was the <laughs> song to associate with this them. This was the song of the 80s. They were really excited about Cabbage Town. They yeah. had, I know it's like their first demo had like Cowtown and Cabbage Town. Too many towns. <laughs> yeah, town to town. Should have yeah. had that as the third track. What? <laughs> You're ripping your chair apart. Yeah. My chair is covered with cloth because it had the leather on it is crumbling and sticking to my body where it looks like I have a skin disease, like a reptile or something. Time so for a new chair. My girlfriend, Kristen, who's amazing and does so much for me, uh, she she kind of tied a bunch of cloth around the chair because my little the little pieces of my chair get everywhere in the apartment and it's really annoying and horrible. Anyway, it's hard to buy a new chair because you have to sit in it and see if it's comfortable. So you can't just go on Amazon or whatever, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'm not cutting this out. That's my <laughs> that's my uh, promise to you, the voter. Mm-hmm. I will. This will not be cut out. Let's listen to the Cabbage Town demo. It is a spooky. Kind of a dusty, spooky uh, Keep going. piece of ephemera. Strong finish. I was laying on the porch as the bus drove by, just talking to the dog about thinking to myself. There are so many big Very atonal harmony. Yeah, my, I would say. <laughs> my notes I wrote dead harmonies. They yeah, just sound that like too. like a dead one guy. note. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially on in the, the chorus. <laughs> yeah, I know it's hard to even Im- imitate because you're you naturally want to do like a super a in tune harmony. I noticed like the Andy Partridge of XTC, his demos had like weird like out of tune harmonies hmm. too a lot because you're I guess because you're making it so quick and you just got to kind of. You get, you know, oh, you got the point. There's going to be harmony. Right. Yeah. But in this case, it, it seems like a purposeful effect, really, because yeah. it's meant to be a kind of a depressing, wa- like wide yeah. open, kind of barren Languishing. Landscape. Yeah. Languish. Cabbage Town. Yeah. It's it's a really, really different than the album version. Um, I like, or the e- 
EP version. I, I like the single version more, mm-hmm. uh, but this one might be more successful at the actual feeling of it in terms yeah. of like, it's almost hard to listen to because it's, <laughs> it's so bleak and depressing sounding. But I think, I just think the one made for the EP is like just super beautiful sounding and kind yeah. of like, I just really think they did a great job arranging it with the clarinet and all that stuff or yeah. whatever they used. Has a little bit more of a uh, wistful beauty to it. The EP one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really like what the bass does in the second verse, and I wonder what if you noticed that too, uh, though that you had to listen to like 50 songs for this, so I'm, I'd excuse you if you didn't yeah, notice it. I, I might not remember it, yeah. but let's see. <laughs> the, so the second verse has really cool bass come in, and I, I really like, that's actually one of the elements that I'm like, maybe they should have kept that, because it's kind of awesome. Well, bass is the best instrument. Yeah, if if anyone didn't catch it, it's the bass is going like do 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 do. It's just like a really cool line. Uh, animates the song a, a bit, maybe too much. Maybe it shouldn't be uh, funky and animated and exciting. But it's just but it, too much song. But it does. It's just too he has too many great ideas. Uh, but yeah, and then we could talk about the lyric difference, which yeah. he he changed later on. But he says, "Camels have hard eyes." Now, Jordan, what do you make of that? So this is this is what this is my vague theory. Did you uh, look up camels? Yeah. So when you look up you camels, did. have hard eyes. I thought it might be a phrase. The only thing that comes across is the fr- there's a the term eye of a needle mm-hmm. from the Bible, and what they what Jesus said, according to sources, mm-hmm. is it is easier for a yeah. camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Because I yeah. think he's saying a rich man would have given all of his things away but then there can be no rich people because then you always have to give it's like a paradox isn't it sure how do you accrue the riches if you are you you can't be rich for even a second because you have to give it away well that's the test yes stupid (laughs) (laughs) okay so what i thought was funny about this though is later on the wikipedia for this they're like this might have been a mistranslation Mm -hmm. and he might not have been talking about camels it might have been um Camelos, which meant rope or cable. So it might... Oh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, it might be that it, you, it is easier for a rope to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom. Uh, it's funny. We don't know. Because there's all these, like, you can see on the... There's all these old illustrations yeah. of, like, a camel and stuff. The idea that that was a mistranslation, and we've got, like, centuries of art depicting, like, camels in these biblical settings is because of this is really funny to me. But so what does that have to do with camels having hard eyes? So his Uncle Jack, maybe he's misremembering the the phrase. He, I talked to my oh, Uncle right. Jack. He said, camels have hard eyes and dead men don't talk back. That's like a pirate thing, I thought. Dead men tell, tell no yeah. tales. Yeah. it's like yeah. So it's like maybe he's mixing up these phrases. But I will say it is true. Camels have hard eyes is like a long leap from... You can put a camel yeah. through the eye of a needle. Like it's, you could bring a camel to the needle, but you can't, you can't make, make it drink. Yeah, exactly. But you can't make them get rich. Dead men don't talk back to me is an interesting uh, thing for for Cabbage Town because the idea is that they're kind of, you know, if if you're not 
doing anything in life and you're yeah, just you're wasting stuck. away, you're, yeah. like you might as well be, you're not, you're like a dead yeah. man walking. And, and it kind of yeah. is like, maybe as Uncle Jack is saying like, well, you're, you're dead, you're basically dead, so don't talk back to me. I don't know. There, there's definitely, it evokes a lot of ideas and, and imagery and a, a, kind of a spooky you know, de- death filled. I just love that there's all these death stuff, even in their like earliest songs that they've ever written. Camels do seem biblical. They do seem like from another time. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that. Yeah. They're, it's, it's a very specific, especially odd when they have, especially when they have like a long beard. Yeah. No, I know they, what you mean. There, there's not yarmulke. many TMBG references to camels. Yeah. I think there's only like seven or eight. I mean, it, as we've talked about, I don't think they pull references out of nowhere. There's always mm-hmm. an intent. Yeah, there, there's always there's always an origin for it. I think I think the idea is his Uncle Jack is just like some drunk guy who's <laughs> mixing up expressions. Like Sopranos has that, and the, yeah. the characters are always mixing up like idioms and things. There's an earlier lyric in the, the first verse that changed, which is, there are so many big ideas we could toss about instead of talk about. Uh, same thing. Yeah, basically the same. Toss about is kind of, it's almost more of a playful way to do it, like you're tossing a ball around or something. Um, Having a catch. I guess it almost says like, it, it almost is like mocking, you know, the, like, oh, you're just tossing it about. You're not like serious about it. Sure. You kind of thing. a song to listen to when you're like lying in bed and <laughs> depressed and yeah. you know I, I i wanted to point out so you've got the a live a real drum set i'm 99 percent sure okay. uh like in the left ear which mm-hmm. is always cool to mix things that way right like putting the i did that on my album dave my song and i'm gone puts the drums in one ear mm-hmm. um and i always love the sound of that because it makes it, it almost it makes it sound like a practice or like a rehearsal space or sure. something yeah so someone's playing drums someone seems to be playing a real bass maybe it's them i don't know maybe it's the turtlenecks the turtlenecks yeah it sounds like one of the turtlenecks demos to me like this doesn't sound like linnell is even on it uh, honestly uh but maybe he is i don't know uh it's a great demo again i i love that they put this out it's fascinating and it's it's in its own uh, right. It's very it's very musically interesting, and it's a good song. A chilling preview of things to come. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What's on the docket? The next song is something very special, and it is the well. We are in like the hi-fi area of this, the fidelity section of this episode. This is the dial a song demo for Welcome to the Jungle, but stereo quality, good quality, because they put this out also on their uh, podcast, and I was shocked when this happened. I am not shitting your britches. I'm not even kidding. Welcome to the jungle gym. Welcome to the jungle gym. Welcome to it, Jim. Welcome to the jungle land. Welcome to the jungle den. Welcome to it, John. Think you're gonna like it. Jab, 
Welcome to the Jungle Demo. For, oh, thank for oh, I thought you were welcoming. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the podcast, Dave. Welcome to my house. For many years, I had only heard this in the phone version, which mm -hmm. I'm not going to bother playing. But you can imagine fuck it. it was, you know, shitty sounding. But still, you could tell like what the song was and stuff and that it was very different than the finished version in a few ways. In a few ways, yeah. Then this, yeah, boss, yeah. This, <laughs> then this came on the podcast and I was like, oh, my God. And they put a few dial song demos on the podcast, and I was very, very grateful for that. It sounds a little bit more uh, childlike, I think. Yeah, which goes back to my theory. That's right. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it, it's a little more nursery rhymeish. It even has like more like repetitive, repetitive yes. stuff than the finished <laughs> one. You know, the yeah. way some the way the lyrics are are done, and and yeah, the backup vocals like in the job. Wow, wow, wow. It sounds like little kids almost, yeah. doesn't it? Doesn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. And um, jungle, jungle, jungle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk it's about like that a later. Chant, it's a nursery rhyme chant. I think because I think that replaces the welcome to the trees. So yeah. instead of welcome to the trees, it's just jungle, jungle, jungle. I like the trees thing better, I think. Welcome to the jungle, Dan. I think you're gonna like your pants safari hat. Welcome to the trees. Welcome to the trees. Welcome to the jungle, Dan. Push me in the face. I mean, I like it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's a tough call because that's a really good melody also. I know. Sometimes I like that more. Yeah. So what I notice is it's the same percussion yeah. as on the one because we. I only noticed that because we really took a point to talk about it, mm -hmm. which is there's like a cowbell and these like crashes at the end of mm -hmm. every line. So it still does that. But instead of um, now you will be with me, you know, it's right. welcome to the jungle. And it's like, that's a great. Yeah. I love that. It's really good. I almost wish very fun. Someone should just edit a version. Maybe I will. That just the song flows <laughs> from one version to the other right. in a in a single thing. Because I think I think that could be possible. Yeah, I agree. I and like uh, rewriting history <laughs> and and uh, destroying the work of artists. Like that Beatles box set. <laughs> Different names too. Yeah, Diane, Dave. You better believe. Who's Diane? <laughs> I tried to look up uh, Diane. Uh, later on, we see Pierre. Who's Pierre? So when you look up Diane and Pierre, the fun thing that happens is it's a pralines company. Is yeah. that how you pronounce it? Pralines? I don't know if I've ever eaten a praline. Do you know what a praline is, Dave? Uh, my wife would know. <laughs> yeah, my wife. <laughs> um, I thought Dave was doing like an old-timey uh, joke. Um, Sounds like a fancy food. <laughs> yeah, when you look up pralines, this like Facebook comes up that's like, in 1935, Diane and Pierre Bagur founded the company and gave it the name Aunt Sally's and whatever. So I don't think they're referencing Referencing these pralines. No. So yeah, we've got jungle, 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 which is kind of dramatic sounding, a little bit of like, oh my God, and then push me in the face again. And very high. <laughs> very high, a little high, but I, li I like it. It's it's interesting. Um, yeah. I, I would be fine if that's how it was on Does the EP. Inject it with some new energy, sure. Welcome to the jungle land. I'm glad you didn't like your brown safari hat. Welcome to the trees. Welcome to the trees. Welcome to the jungle, 
Yeah, we got Linnell being a little salty there, huh? <laughs> He's glad someone didn't like something. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, it's to me, it's every bit as uh, mysterious and uh, as, and good, <laughs> good as the final lyric. But yeah, welcome to the jungle, Diane. I'm glad you didn't like your brown safari hat. <laughs> Stupid Diane. It's just yeah, it's weird. It's like his the the. The point, the POV of his character or narrator is very hard to pin down. He <laughs> wants to take people to the jungle. Yeah. He's glad that they didn't like the jungle or the hat. I feel like he's usually not this antagonistic. Yeah. When will you die? He's a friendly. Uh, oh, well, there <laughs> goes that. Yeah. It's funny. I, I don't know if I'd even say he like improved upon it. He just kind of changed it. But I, I like both versions essentially equally. I'm wondering, do, you, do any of you listeners like this one more than the... The final one, maybe not, maybe not for audio quality and arrangement, but but that's not fair. The final song, which is split into two different versions, that we're gonna gab about is the demo for "I Blame You," but it's not called "I Blame You." No, sir. Yeah, so a fan fan called this "Free Birds Rebirth." I don't know if they made that up. They probably did because I don't know where else they would gotten that. Right. But let's let's listen to the to the first version, and it's the boy version. We've got a different song, basically. It's it's the it, it sounds like I blame you. It tastes like <laughs> it I tastes blame like you. I blame you, but it doesn't. Uh, but brother, it ain't I blame you. <laughs> yeah, let, let's let's go into the lyrics to this. Um, I think this is interesting because, as we said, I blame you is very straightforward song about about uh, kind of a numbness in your after a relationship ended, mm. a kind of a heartbreak, but you don't want to think about it. You don't you're avoiding your feelings, kind of thing. Sure. And this is a just a kind of almost like a summer breeze, a Flansburg tale of a a spooky, strange, mu- very um music rock and roll pop culture inspired um mm-hmm. <laughs> spooky tale spooky you say someone had a yeah it's like what it's not it's like like a little scary story about a chain mail you know kind of thing this might be something that younger people don't know about you think you think this is still a thing <laughs> well so when i was a kid there'd be this thing about chain yeah, mail you'd get a thing it, in the mail yeah that, was, that would say if you don't send this to 10 people or whatever you'll get bad luck which is idiotic luck. <laughs> so I don't know who's doing this. Yes, it kind of sounds fool. like the setup for like a urban legends type horror yeah. movie. This is why I said this was spooky. Um, Brian Dewan has a song about a chain letter that's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard that one. Uh, no, it's just like it just says all the funny, horrible things that happened to each person oh. who broke the chain. And I mean, if you believe it, you're a fool. Yeah. Um, so, but in this version, this is a typical, very, um, like Flansburg thing, which is that he's taking like a music, iconic music culture thing and putting it into this strange context, which is that 
the person who breaks the chain must sing Freebird yeah. again and again. Makes more sense. Let's go into just Freebird. Freebird is a Leonard Skinner song. Oh, yes. Yeah, Dave. What do you think? Do you like Freebird? What's your? I don't. I don't. You know, honestly, I have no opinion on Freebird. Yeah, I'm kind of the same like, way. Well, it's funny. I I never really thought about it much, but I really like the way the show Freaks and Geeks used it. Yeah. In a really sad scene, and mm-hmm. it, it totally. It's funny because it's kind of a risk using that song, almost like with like "Don't Stop Believing" and Sopranos, where it's like mm-hmm. you might break the show by using the song. Everyone associates certain things with that are kind of maybe yeah. funny. Sure. But if it works it works and like with with the song and used in freaks and Geeks, it's like the super sad relatable moment and i always kind of like think of that when i think of Freebird, which is kind of i don't know it's very particular to me specifically but i do wonder how it became a trope uh to yell out at concerts yeah so i tried figuring that out well first of all they might be giants have some history with Freebird. got a few songs going on there yeah so they this is you know flansburg's got Freebird on his mind here's i dave as a special gift to you thank you because it's not your birthday i have a few moments of people yelling Freebird out at they might be giant shows oh wow (laughs) see the studious notes i've taken over the years i made a note for when we finally discussed this song i made a a note that this happens time well spent this is how the podcast gets made march 30th 1997 Mr. Dan Levine on the euphonium. So they ignore that guy yelling Freebird. Here's another one from, here's one from September 30th, 1999. What do you think of this guy, Dave? Do you, would you be friends with this guy? Would you have a, some beers with this guy? Audible frown. So here's a, here's a uh, informative song telling you stuff that nobody asked for. <laughs> Again, they ignore yeah. a guy yelling Freebird. You know what would be funny? Yeah. If when people <laughs> yell Freebird, they just do a very accurate yeah. traditional rendition of Freebird. That happens. So for I'm, every single time they yell it out. I'm going to yeah. do that because people have yelled that at Dead yeah. on Friday shows. And I'm like, okay, you fucking wanted it. It says on Wikipedia that Bob Dylan did that once. Yeah. Someone yelled Freebird and him and the band played it in the nine minute uh, version. Yeah, of I'm going to start doing that because it's so hack. Yeah. So we, oh, you should mention, I mean, people don't know the songs. Well, like it's like nine minutes yeah, long. It's so long. to yell it is, I think maybe part of the joke is that 
you're, you want to waste people's that time? That would be like such a crazy <laughs> thing to do by request. Here's one from... And then if somebody yelled it two more times, that would be my entire set. Here's April 20th, 2000. One thing about the lights in your eyes, you can't see anything. <laughs> And people laugh. Yeah, you like gotta a laugh. Dummies. Well, look, it's a Dave. People <laughs> so have fun funny. at concerts and they smile and laugh. Ugh. I'm sorry to break it to you. No, I know you like to stand there. You have to have your hands in off. your pockets and yeah. study every note. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the only appropriate way to enjoy a concert. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the humor of the this version of I Blame You is is the maybe they're all the people yelling out Freebird at their shows yeah. over the years. Um, there was other older ones from around Apollo 18, but they were a little hard to hear. But anyway, um, maybe that's that's like, you know, it would be a living nightmare to have to play yeah. Freebird again and again. And I think that's funny. There's probably more to dig into about these lyrics. It's, it's perfect, like, TMBG. I, I really like these lyrics a lot because mm -hmm. it, it makes me think about things. Let's listen to the end, you know, things. <laughs> yeah, things and stuff. Um, let's listen to the end of this one because I like how Flansburg kind of talks over the uh, the music here. Hi everybody, this is John of They Might Be Giants. Sorry about all the uh, busy signals, but the machine's been fucked up for the past week. But we got the machines fixed, so now we're ready to rock. So that was interesting to me because it sounds to me like, again, this is not a demo, but he's just singing in the yeah, song into yeah. the machine and then he's talking, which is cool, right? Yeah. That's like... It just, but it's funny because even just that sounds like a finished recording in a way to me. I mean, yeah. I, I've listened to this all, quite a lot over the years. And now let's listen to the version for girls. <laughs> it's the it's pink. It's the pink one, <laughs> and it's called Freebirds Rebirth, named by a fan. Freebirds Rebirth (parentheses girl version). <laughs> that's Linnell playing keyboard it could be Flansburg because he's certainly capable of doing a little dial song you know yeah. demos with the keyboard it might be Linnell more than capable I like this version a lot too it's got a cool part which is like goes like it has like I call it a crawling keyboard because it's kind of going I call like, it ascending <laughs> wow well I'm trying to speak to the common folk Dave. well I would never want to do that it's uh so it's like do 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 boom yeah. and it's like a cool arrangement I like the idea it's an interesting idea that did not carry over to mm -hmm. I blame you maybe it did in a subtle way that I didn't notice I don't hmm. think so though I wonder if Flansburg just thought it was funny to change change it to a girl or if he's explored maybe it's better that way maybe mm -hmm. maybe not I don't know but what's interesting whoa wake up hey is the the song I blame you ended up being about like a boy and a girl like yeah. there's an element that carried over to the the finished song which is that there's 
you know, why choose? <laughs> why not have both? Yeah, it, it, I do make it fair. I find that consistency of thought to be interesting. That it's he he really threw out the lyrics and the story that he the funny mm-hmm. weird story that he thought of. But he's like, well, let me keep it as being like this is a tale about like a boy and a girl. Yeah, you know, and and that's like a cool idea. There's so to me that that seems like there's something about the chord progression or something that he's just like it has to be like this. It has mm. to be has to be kind of like a guy with a guitar or something telling you a tale. Right. You know. I think that's cool. Let's listen to the 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 end part here because there's like a mm-hmm. really loud harmony for okay. for when he sings Freebird. And I always wonder like is is that Linnell? Is Linnell next to him playing keyboard? Is or is that Flansburg? Do you think Linnell came over for any of these? <laughs> well, so a some serious of the, question. No, that is a good question. So you know because we've got like the, um, <laughs> half a boy uh, dial a song version mm-hmm. is like or one of them is like. Linnell clearly on a keyboard yeah. and doing harmonies and Flansburg singing. And I wonder if they'd be like, oh, let's get together and do a few yeah. dial-a-songs today with, you know, a duo. It's, I assumed it was only Flans. I think they've made dial-a-songs like all different ways, you know, over, over the years. Again and So yeah, I wonder, it's hard to tell who that is, but it's a very loud harmony. Yeah. It kind of takes over. This has been the Apollo 18 a chore, no. <laughs> demos and dial-a-songs. And that's it, right? We're finally done with Apollo that's 18. That's it for Apollo 18. It's been like all year. Tune in next week. I can't believe it. Well, the next episode's going to be our interview with Kurt Hoffman. Yes, and that's, long awaited. It's fantastic. I think you're going to love it. Everyone. Is it? I don't remember. <laughs> this has been Don't Let's Start a Podcast About They Might Be Giants. At Don't Let's Pod is our Twitter. Direct all comments and concerns to Don't Let's Jordan. Start Podcast at gmail.com. We'll both read it yep. and we both might reply. Might. Will uh, you be one of the lucky ones? Yeah. Only one way to find out. So that is it. And Dave, uh, are you okay? Yeah, something just fell on my head. <laughs>